Are you I, out of your mind? Well, Here's the debate. He's, he's, You're he's upset. Saying, they're saying we believe you. That's it? I thought... Uh, Never heard it's that insert. phrase we're, before. We're still but using Latin terms. I okay, think we are Latin all right, terms. folks. We are live episode number one sixty-seven today with the crew: Adam Sosnick, uh, Vinny Oshana, and Jedediah Bila in the house. We yeah. got a lot of topics like to that. cover. Yeah, we may get we may get a call in from a mayor pro temp from. Oh, West, I love the pro from, temp. From, from my, pro, that's my favorite. <laughs> Everything is temporary. From, from a uh, from West Hollywood's uh, mayor, who apparently they just actually defunded the police. So, yeah. They, they just go, actually guys. defunded the police, and their strategy is to have the local civilians armed to protect the city. Nice. That's why Vinny moved out of L.A. Right? <laughs> which, which by the way, isn't that a conservative philosophy? Yeah, but like, you know what I'm saying. You want a militia. But you realize how weird that is. If you defund the police to get people in West Hollywood, mm -hmm. civilians yeah. to have guns to be trained to protect the city, mm -hmm. that's no. got to be like the complete opposite of progressive philosophy. And, and they're called safety ambassadors. And in L.A., mm. in like North Hollywood where I live, they're just people with yellow shirts, on bikes, no guns, no nothing. Oh, no guns. No guns. Okay. They just talk to you. And, bro, if this is happening in West Hollywood, it's going to be a bunch of people like if somebody's about to shoot somebody, they're mm -hmm. going to go, hey, stop. And then that's it. We're not going to shoot West Hollywood. Where all the is that like the gay? West community? Hollywood is a, it's a yeah. It's dude. When people say like, West Hollywood West is Hollywood. the uh, manners. What's the Wilton manners? Wilton manners. Yeah, but it's yeah, Wilton yeah. manners times ten. Times ten. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it is are what those, it is. Are those handcuffs? <laughs> <laughs> just safety, <laughs> guys. Stop, guys. Stop. Sorry. And just people are going to leave. Like no, yeah, that's you're going to confuse people. You're going to think you came here from L.A. Like if you want that position to be yours, you sound too natural. Okay, so but you did come from L.A. That's the whole thing. All right. So listen. Topics. 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 What we got yeah. today. We got a lot of things to cover. <clears throat> Retirement savers lost $3 trillion okay, mm. in the stock market. Allegedly. Which is, yeah. Allegedly. They lost $3 trillion. This is Yahoo News uh, mm -hmm. story. A uh, story came out from MarketWide saying it's now officially more expensive to own a home than to rent a home. So mm. maybe it's more at a time where this may not be a message that people want to hear in real estate. But this story came out from MarketWatch. And the Real Deal Instagram account actually shared this. Next, Twitter suspends... Jordan Peterson, after he tweets uh, at Ellen Page, just had her breast removed and he got suspended for no, it. Sir, it's Elliot Page. Please. Did I say Ellen? Uh, no, well, it used to be Ellen. Don't don't now it's Elliot. It. Now it's Elliot. Don't Why does the story him. say Ellen Page? I'm just I'm just letting you know. That's that's oh, that's go back. Oh, that's 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 now it's okay. Elliot. That's before the, the transformation. That's, that's, yeah, that, yeah, there yeah. was. Okay. All right. Next. By the way, this one's interesting here. FCC commissioner urges TikTok to be removed from Apple. Google stores over unacceptable national security risk. Weird. Very weird. Wasn't, yeah. wasn't weird. there uh, this, some orange guy that was shouting about this three or four mm. years yeah, ago? Yeah, he was. But I, he's, I vaguely mm, remember that. He's offensive Listen, on Twitter, which is, not acceptable, <laughs> which is not acceptable. <laughs> this next story, this next story is a little wild one. Uh, trans skateboarder who won first prize against teen in a, is a combat vet dad who has rejected who was rejected from Olympics with three kids. Mm -hmm. hmm. that, My mind just hurt trying to but, and, and wrestle with that. That's that. not a satire story. That's no. not Babylon B. That's mm. not that this is a real story that's taking place. Real, uh, real uh, by the way, let me give you another statistic here that's pretty concerning for a uh, state. Imagine if a company lost $21 billion in revenues, what that would mean. $21 billion in revenues, if you count that for EBITDA times, say, 15 times, that's $300 billion in valuation you lost. Well, that company... 
is called New York. <laughs> New York lost $21 billion in income from the IRS. This is IRS revenue they lost in uh, 2021. Uh, another story is a board ape-themed restaurant who will no longer accept crypto payment. Okay, it, the whole idea is what's yeah. crypto, but they're not going to be accepted. That story hurts my mind almost as much as the the, the trans skateboarder, skateboarder yeah. has kids. <laughs> same, <laughs> same amount. Welcome huh? to twenty twenty two. This, yeah. this next story may have some. I think we may get into this one. NBC reporter birthing people not getting abortions will hurt the economy. Okay, mm-hmm. could put. There could be actually a good argument for that. We can talk about that. Uh, I just got laid off from my dream job at Tesla without warning. I feel like my job, my life got uprooted so a billionaire could save some money. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Why billionaire Ken Griffin is moving uh, Citadel head- headquarters to Miami from Chicago? Uh, riots and employees stabbed, and the attempted hijacking of his own car. So he finally says, "I'm leaving Chicago. I'm going down here." Pennsylvania considers welfare reform to keep food stamps from going to, ready, dead recipients. True story. <laughs> I'm going to dead recipients. Howard Stern may run for office. Okay, Stop. And then, right. obviously, an upscale West Hollywood votes to defund Sheriff's Department, which we talked about at the beginning. So having yeah. said that, let's see which story we we'll want to get into can, first. Can I, can I make a request? Yes, go for Before it. Before we get into stories, topical events, yeah. one of the four of us just came back from the most expensive place in the world. And I'd be remiss if we didn't at least cover the fact that you, someone on the panel was in Monaco hanging with sheiks and princesses and that type of life. So, I'm listen, just throwing that out there. I don't know if it was Vinny, Jedediah, no, you, we, but someone might want to wait. Trust me, it was not me. <laughs> trust me, I was, I was in the office the whole time. Okay. So, uh, uh, yeah, we were in Monaco. We took 120 of our guys to wow. Paris and Monaco. We had a great mm-hmm. time. We put them at the Wyndham in Paris, and then we took them to Monaco at the Fairmont, Nikki Beach. Some of our guys uh, took uh, uh, rides down to Italy. Some went to Cannes. Some went to Saint Tropez. We took a helicopter ride from Monaco to Saint Tropez, which is ridiculous. On the way back, we're thirty minutes late. Mm-hmm. So the the helicopter, we have to go to the airport, which is in Saint Tropez. The guy just flies it into someone's backyard. No, no. joke. I'm not even Are kidding you with you. I have the story. Yeah, he flies it into someone's backyard. <laughs> we, no joke. He flies it into someone's backyard. We're like, this is a joke. It's not Saint Tropez. We get in this guy's backyard. We get in the helicopter. We come to Monaco. Oh Amazing. No, everybody in San Tropez yeah. has a helicopter landing pad it, well, in their backyard. Well, Hello. The fact that about it. nobody complained. They all were just like, hey, By the way, okay. you, know, you know what's the best thing about Monaco? Here's what's Hello. the best thing about Monaco. The best thing about Monaco, why I love it there, nobody gives a shit how successful and famous you are. That's mm-hmm. perfect. Because right. just a minute ago, you know, a billionaire sat there. A minute ago, you know, Elon right. was there a minute yeah. ago. A prince was there. Sheik right. was there. Yeah. So if you are this like famous Instagrammer or yeah. you're this YouTuber Nobody or this millionaire, no one gives yeah. a shit. <laughs> so that. when it's kind of like, do you know who I am, sir? The president and the prime yes. minister was just here before you. No matter yeah. who you Relax. are, you're probably not more. Actually, important. I know exactly who you are, and that's why I'm treating you like <laughs> yeah. shit because you're only worth hundred million. But I will. This guy's worth hundred million. But I, I will Grow tell you guys. I will tell you guys a crazy story about Monaco. What happened? One of our guys, Rene Dalila Reyes. Shout out to those guys. Their their five year old kid, I believe, had a 105 fever, and it's 3:30 oh, wow. in the morning. They come back from the casino, Monte Carlo Casino, and they come back. They're like, "Oh shoot, our son's got a, a 105 fever." They come downstairs to concierge. Concierge calls, uh, uh, emerge, you know, all the places. Yeah. Pharmacy's closed. Everybody's closed. The cop shows up. Mm-hmm. No joke. Monaco PD shows up, picks them up, takes them, and calls the uh, the uh, uh, 
what do you call it? The Surgeon? Pharmacy. <clears throat> brings the doctor in at 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. They open up, they look at the kid, they give him the medication, wow. and then the wow. cops bring him back in. Wow. Another one of our guys who is a former NFL player, Cowboys guy, he played under Drew Bledsoe and Roma during that era. Wow. wow. He jumps in the ocean. They're on a yacht. They're going out, and his butt gets hit by the propeller. Oh, oh my God. Listen, God. Don't, I'm not even kidding with Jeez. you. He's got to cut oh. this big. TJ. Okay. <laughs> He's got to cut this big. They come. They take him. Yeah. They, you know, stitch him up, 15 stitches. And he's bleeding in the ocean, by the way. That's oh, cold. Shark. Water, that's shark. Exactly. Yeah. It's like shark a, food. But uh, he went back. They came. They stitched him up. No question. No. Do you have a health insurance card? Nothing. Boom. Went away. That's Monaco for you. By the way, oh, the wow. highest life expectancy in the world, the average person there lives mm. up to 89 and a half. Yeah. They're rich. And they're chilling. And insurance is great. Tax haven. Treatment is incredible. We went to Le Louis uh, 15 to have dinner there. The dinner, we went there Monday night, we went there Friday night. We took 10 of our guys on Friday night. It's a five-hour dinner when you go. <laughs> it's my kind of dinner. Yeah, it's five-hour like dinner. And the stuff, they, they, they brought a pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> they brought a pigeon. They're like, I said, so this is like a gentleman. <laughs> you don't understand what he's saying. And then pigeon, he says, what? Jennifer's like, I'm sorry, but what did he just say? <laughs> Says it's it's a, is this chicken? No, it's a pigeon. pigeon. Yeah. So yeah, I'm like I don't know what he's saying, babe. See so, yeah, the guy, it's a pigeon. So I'm like it's a real pigeon. This is a pigeon. So I'm like okay, let me try. It. I've never eaten a pigeon before. Was it good? Cut. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Good. It's like duckish. Yeah, it it tastes like duck. Yeah. But listen, if you like duck, if you like pigeon, it's a partly like. It's a chicken with an attitude because when you eat it, you have to, your teeth chicken are going to get a workout. But okay, so it. for those of us that have been following or PBD podcast for two years now, you got to tell us if you had the lobster roll, that's your favorite lobster roll of so, all time. So that hotel mm. was shut down for renovation. Yeah. So we went, okay, to the annex. I'm done. we went to the annex in Cannes. Which uh, we get, we, listen, it's, it's our favorite place in the world. It's my favorite place in the world when I go there. It's just a different kind of a treatment. It was Tom's 68th birthday. Oh, I saw that. For his birthday, I got a, the flag that Senna drove when he won in Brazil. Oh, wow. Signed by Senna. You should have seen his reaction crying. And uh, got him a nice uh, uh, Rolex uh, white gold watch, and I got him the Senna. He got the watch. He goes like this. Oh, cool. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? what yeah. the hell? Yeah, he had like zero interest for the watch, but he was so excited. But anyways, we had a very good time. He turned 60. 60. Happy birthday, BizDoc. 60 yeah. Biz years Doc doesn't young. even look it, by the way, but he did turn 60. Uh, and we had a good time there. And some, some, and we were working. I'll tell you after a lot of stuff, what's going on. Uh, but it's exciting time. How was Paris, by the way? Because we just skipped right over Paris That's and just went true. right to Monaco. We went straight to Monaco. We didn't go to Paris. Our guys went to Paris. Mm. We were at Monaco ourselves. And, uh, well, out of yeah. 150 people, only a fever and a butt cut. That's yeah. not bad. <laughs> it's not a bad situation. Nobody's like, nobody died. Nobody yeah. was partying. And do you situation. find it relaxing or is it kind of like, I don't know. I always think of places like that and I'm like, I don't. is it stuffy? Do you feel like you always have to be this or be that? Or is it super chill because everyone's in the same boat? It's whatever you want it to be. Okay. First time you go, it'll be intimidating. Yeah. First time you go, it'll be intimidating because it's the only place in the world that nobody gives a crap what you drive, what mm -hmm. kind of clothes you got on. Everybody dresses nice. A Lambo is a taxi. Wow. Right? So if you drive a Lambo here, you're like, oh my gosh, I got a Lambo over there. It's a taxi. A Rolls Royce is a taxi. Like, oh, okay, you know, 50 Rolls Royces. You see everything. Pagani's. You see everything there. It's not a big deal. If you wanted to buy a two-bedroom condo underwater, 
in Monaco. You ready? How much? 30 Let million bucks. Well, how uh, much? 30 million. Yeah, I was oh going to say probably two bedroom? Bucks two bedroom. 30 million bucks wow. in Monaco. Same price so, as New York so, City. So, so, Pat, there must be a stat for like uh, Uber drivers or whatever. All the like valet guys, those guys must be paid. Like they must be the richest in the 20 park. bucks a minute. Not, no joke. It's 20 oh, bucks a minute. 20 bucks a minute. When you doing? went from one. Yeah, like Uber over there. Like, let's go Uber. We just, Monica. <laughs> yeah, because your rent is five thousand dollars. That's what I'm saying. If you're lucky, like if you're lucky, is five. That's what I'm saying. Like, imagine like, yeah. as an Uber driver and you're a good guy. Yeah. Like, it's what? Euros yeah, like, hey, take Euro. the Can you imagine like a cat? So what'd you make last year? Three eighty. How much did you keep? <laughs> five grand. <laughs> What what is the tax situation in Monaco? I I don't know exactly what the tax situation is, but it is known as a tax haven. Oh, is what right. Monaco is well, known for. I don't know the exact details, but it is known as a tax haven. So if you're thinking about moving there, it's a great place. Wow. To move. Hmm, I, I wonder what kind of incentives they give. Like you know, in, in in Florida, a lot of people move to Puerto Rico because it's like it's close yeah. to Florida, close right. to Miami. Yeah. Yeah. To Puerto Rico, four percent income tax. And Pat, when you said they brought a pigeon to the table, I don't know why I thought like the actual bird, and you get to go no, and they go okay. And just let it go. <laughs> like, no, I want that one. They, they don't bring a pigeon Dude, to the I've table. Had so first of all, it's not that great. I, listen, this is this. I've had it. I can't stand butter. I've oh, never, really? I'm a cheese person. I'm not a butter person. Gotcha. Except okay. if I'm here. Their butter is. I can't even describe it. It's like butter. There's a name of there's a name of it too. It's like the it's something the mold. With the it's like the best salt butter in the world. and the pepper and uh. the, the, the way that you put it on the bread and the and the butter is like perfection. It's the best butter I've had in my life. So. I yeah. actually want to ask you a business question about this because I'm sure there's people being like, okay, I'm never going to go to Monaco. But a lot of the people that work for you probably had that, I'm never going to be able to go to Monaco. But some of the, like I've met a million of your of your agents. There's 20,000 of them or whatever. I've, you know, I'm good friends with a bunch of them right now. Their dreams have become a reality. That's what I think is the most amazing thing about your other company that you've done, PHP, is that you've taken ordinary people and you've made them extraordinary or made their lives extraordinary you know i don't want to name names here but some of these people would have no chance to go to a place like paris or monaco on a trip like this but you always say treat your best people right so maybe like give it some insight like there's people out there being like yeah i wish i could be like pat go to monaco but like no you could be the guy that you know maybe got caught up in the propeller or something like that <laughs> <laughs> Teach it. But, but there's regular people that are, have extraordinary lives with PHP. Yeah. Would you break that down, these type of I, Listen, you say like they would have never had the experience. I would have never had the experience. I'm a regular guy. I don't relate to the guys that you know come from families who had the money to go to schools and four-year degrees, eight-year degrees. I'm a guy that would have done 20 years in the military, and I would have gotten out five years ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Five years ago would have been 20 years. Wow. I got a call from a guy named Kogan who told me you should get out because I think you can do very well in the market. And I thought about it overnight, and I didn't realize, and I got out. And life wow. wasn't easy for a couple of years before business took off. It was hard mm -hmm. for a long time before it took off. So these guys were, were similar. You know, you got a dream, and sometimes when you got a dream, and you, you, you know, you're at the inception of it when you're chasing it, everything says there's no way you can pull this off. Mm -hmm. Everything. Everything says you're not good enough. What makes you think you can pull this off? What makes you think you? What makes you think... What part of your background, like you can't even go towards a place in your life that you succeeded to say, while you were the MVP of your high school football team, I never played organized sports. While you were the valedictorian, I had a 1.8 GPA. While you were the chess, never played chess. While you were, there's nothing that you can go to to say that I ever won in anything. In my life from first grade to, no joke, to senior year, maybe I got five A's. Hmm. I'm talking from first grade. That's saying something. 
Okay. Dylan already got five A's in the second oh, grade. Dylan, I, I don't know yeah. if I've had that many A's mm. from first grade. So I hope my kids are not listening. Guys, if you're listening, I'm not <laughs> telling the truth. And my GPA was 4.5. You're, you're basically saying it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. There is That's no you. question about it. So our guys like Sapala's fighters, yeah. Gaetan's fighters, yeah. know, Palayo. Vargas, these guys are fighters, you know, the Rickies of the world. We got some can, real... Can I ask you a question about those guys? Because I was going to name yeah. them Rodolfo, yeah. Ricky, yeah. and uh, Gaetan, because you've told stories. The, those guys who are making millions now, they're doing great. How, like, uh, this is for the business people out there. You've told stories about Jose crying, about uh, Rodolfo having to move to Texas, like didn't speak English, came from somewhere in uh, Central America. From the time they started and believed in you, to the time they actually made money, real money. I mean, like, oh, okay. How many years was that? Well, the original guys, it took five years. Right. The original guys. But for Sapalas, they mm -hmm. within a year they made two, two hundred. Within wow. two years they made six sixty. But by he's the, someone that experienced. By the product. third year, they yep. made a million plus with right. us. So but that's them. But even Ricky and Erica, I mean, I think by their fourth year they were making seven fifty, mm -hmm. and they had never did they didn't have he was a you know club promoter and other things that Ricky was doing, and you know Erica was picking strawberries in Bakersfield. I don't know if Ricky was a club promoter; he was promoting some other stuff. <laughs> uh, you know, but, what I'm but that's about. a that's the yes. safe word to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. He's a but, club but the promoter. reason I ask that question is because look, we see what's happening in the stock market today. We see what people have gotten so used to getting rich quick over the last few years, and for me. You're talking, speaking of a club promoter, I was a broke, the, the brokest dude of all my friends, living on friends' couches until I actually had to suck it up, you know, raise myself from the bootstraps and eat shit for a few years to actually make money. And what I think is so appealing about those guys, you know, without going through the, the whole naming names is for five years they ate shit and now they're hanging out in Monaco. That's the, the, the story of winning is that everyone these days, young kids, just think, oh, buy a Dogecoin, I'm a millionaire now, that's how it works. Yeah. No, motherfucker, yeah. it doesn't work that way. Yeah, it takes time. You have to actually work your ass By off. By the way, I, I, I want to read you guys something. Mm -hmm. I want to read you guys something. I want to read you guys something. So it's so funny you're saying this. So this guy on LinkedIn is sending me messages. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to show you to read this message. This guy on LinkedIn sending me messages. Very nice guy, and he says, "Hey Pat, I am. So, I'll read you if you want to look at it with me. Here, come it. right next to me so I can read it together. Uh, 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 when is this? What's the Get date? Can you say the June date? June 16. Okay, June 16. So, Ten days. Uh, uh, great to see you're back to business again with Vitamin Channel. By the way, this message is for everyone who is getting started. You're small, you're tiny, you're worried. Look what he says here." Great to see you back with Valuetainment again. Uh, we would really like to help support your message. I absolutely love your videos. My team has created a few assets for you. Is it okay to send them to you? Didn't get a chance to get back. He says, these are TikTok videos. I said, sure, email it to me. Then he sends it to you. So I look at a couple of these videos the way he did it. Good. I posted on TikTok, got a couple hundred thousand views. I said, great. So I'm like, okay, but have I ever, like, is this the first time him and I message? So I'm like, oh, shoot. What's this message above that? So I'm looking at $2,000 an hour. What is this all about? Then when I go all the way to the top, you ready? What's mm. the, can you tell him what the 2015? Who messaged who first? Who messaged who first? You messaged him in 2015. 2015. Like March wow. 8, 2015. Listen to what I say here. Yeah. Listen to what I say here. Gideon, I met you last year at Social Media World Conference in a class where you taught specifically on how to grow your YouTube channel. Mm. I recently found out about V-Roll and wanted to reach out to you regarding growing my YouTube channel. 
I'm looking at have someone consult us on how to grow the channel to the next level. You can find me on YouTube under the username Patrick Bay David. We have roughly 2,700 subscribers. Wow. <laughs> wow. That is crazy. And look what I said. Look at the innocence. Wow. The innocence. Wow. I said I have roughly 2,700 subscribers. <laughs> the goal is to take you to 50,000 by the end of the year. Wow. I'd love wow. to jump on a call with you. And wow. then he says, to, so th here's the point, though. Yep. Here's the point. This the, is what I was looking for, baby. The, po the point is, the point is, like, I, when we didn't have bookers, I sat my guys and I said, guys, why do you think it's tough to interview a Mark Cuban? I said, I'm going to be the booker and I'm going to show you we're going to interview Mark Cuban. So I reached out to Mark Cuban and we got an interview with Mark Cuban six months later. And it was an exchange. What are you looking for? I said, hey, do you want to, I can sell you 10,000 copies of your book. He says, you think I need 10,000 copies at 65 cents? <laughs> no. He says, but what I do have is an app I wouldn't mind driving. When we were small, you do everything. You're like, you're, you're recruiting, you're promoting, you're selling, you're driving, you're doing this. You have to wear so many hats when you're small building your business up that you can't be saying like, I had a, yesterday we had a couple people that were consulting, they came, they came up here, two partners, they're about to finish the business together. The business doing five, six million dollars a year. They're like, we're done, okay? And it's an ugly meeting, okay? And it's a, uh, it's a software business that they have their best friends, so they decide to go into business together. And I said, okay, do you want to be in business with him? I don't know. Do you want to be in business with him? I don't know. I said, what do you like about your partner? Tell me what you like about your partner. Give three things. What do you not like about your partner? Give three things. What do you not like about him? Give me three What do you like about his partner? Give three things. Okay, so here's what's going to happen. If you don't change this, he's going to leave. If you keep going like that, you're not going to get the best out of them. So what do you guys want to do? What is the vision? So finally, we wrote down that a company that sold for $120 million for them I said, is this a nice exit for you? Because the other guy runs eight businesses. I'd love to do that. Do you believe you guys can do this? Yes. How long do you think it'll take to get to this place? Five years. What if it gets to half the price? 60 million, you guys sell. You get 30 million, you get 30 million. Are you very happy with that? So why don't we solve for this? So I said, what should we do? I said, here's what you should be doing. I gave this advice to another guy yesterday in real estate I was consulting. This is what I said I would do. I said, number one, who are the killers of your industry 20 years ago who are no longer competing? Because whoever you talk to that's competing, they're not going to give you 100% of the best yeah. advice. Mm -hmm. But if you talk to people who were in your industry 20 years ago, I want you to make a list of anybody who exited, did very well for themselves, find them. Guess what they do? They make a list. They found a guy that exited for $45 million. I said, I guarantee you if you call him, he's in his 70s, all he wants to do at that point of his life is to make sure his time was worth wow. living and he wants to give value back to the next generation. That's his legacy. Him helping you is a big deal to him. He says, Pat, we called the founder of this company that sold this company 12 years ago. He was on the phone with us for an hour. He wants to have dinner with me, my wife, and him and his wife to tell us everything we ought to do to take the company to the next level. And the guy wants nothing from us, right? Hmm. This, these are the things that you got to do behind closed doors. Nobody knows how business works. When you first do YouTube, you don't come with a background of YouTube. In. When you first do real estate, you don't come with a background of real estate. When you first do insurance, you don't come with a background of insurance. But the hustle of you being able to figure it out on how to pull it off and learn and get better, that's who ends up winning, by the way, in every single industry across the board. It doesn't matter what it is. Mm -hmm. In every single industry across the board. But yeah, when I saw that message on LinkedIn, yeah, I'm like, and that was in March 2,700. Crazy. Look, can I, can I get a, give a shout out to our friends here, Jedediah and Vinny? Because yeah. there's a lesson there. Because they just started their new channels, right? Yeah. They took a risk. They, right. They took a risk literally less than a month ago and said, screw it. I'm leaving my 
corporate gig. I'm leaving my typical stand-up life, yep. and I'm going to start something new, yep. right? And you've just crossed 5,000 subscribers, I want to say. I don't want to sell you short. You're about to hit 1,000. You just launched yep. it. But what Pat's saying is, in 2015, yeah. Valuetainment, the offices that we're sitting here with and a half 5 years million later. subscribers wow. across the country. 2,700, and we're trying to get it to 50K. That's the lesson there. Whether you're a YouTuber or a business person, <laughs> yeah. oh my God. it might take five years. It might yeah. take seven years. But yep. look at us now, right? And that's pretty much how every industry that's really worth it works. I mean, television is the same way. I talked the first time I came here to talk to you guys. I talked about how I did all that free TV. <clears throat> it's not easy. There's a lot of people in those moments that say, I can't do this. Because you mm -hmm. think of it and you're like, I remember sitting at that time and thinking, you know what? My teacher's salary is not great. I have a small private tutoring company, but it's stable. It's reliable. It's coming in. It's not all this stress. And I had to make a decision like, do I drop this all, which is reliable, stable, and go for the gold? What do I do here? And I had that little like devil angel moment, and I just went for it. But it's very hard in those moments. Even mm -hmm. now, starting the channel, I got 5,800 subscribers. It's, I think we're eight episodes deep. I'm already like, all right, man, we got to get, you know, it's yeah. hard to kind of, yeah. it's hard to no check question. yourself and be like, this is yeah. a process and do your best, work hard, but understand like there's steps that you're going to have to go through. It's not mm -hmm. going to be big bang boom. Oh, that is, that's really challenging for, for me in particular. Very, very challenging. You, you know what I, we, what I told George when we, one of the nights we're sitting there, uh, oh, Actually, no, yeah, two days ago, we had this conversation on Tuesday. I said, every time you level up, okay? So mm -hmm. let's just say you've never made six figures before. You make six figures, you're like, oh my God, I'm making six figures. It's kind of crazy. You ain't going to get to a million unless you're, you're two tests away from getting to a million. So you're like, oh, 100,000. You're going to get tested two times before you get to a million dollar income. And then you get to a million dollars, like, oh, I'm making a million dollar income. You're going to get tested. Two more times before you get to a mm -hmm. two and a half million. Or what? Oh, two hundred. You're gonna get tested again and tested again. And every time in life, you will get tested because I don't think the next level is handed to you without you being able to show that you can overcome those tests. This happens with content creation because content creation is to constantly stay edgy. You may have had one video that goes viral and all of a sudden your following is because of that and then you've never had any other videos that get a million views. Well, you're a one-hit you know, wonder. You're like Macarena. You're a one-hit wonder. <laughs> that's what it is, right? Yeah. You're, but you're not somebody that's like can do it. But then if you get hits after hits mm -hmm. after hits and you're recreating. So we kept recreating. We kept recreating. We kept recreating. If you don't recreate yourself – the audience is eventually going to find somebody that's creative today because you used to be creative five years ago, but just because you were creative five years ago doesn't mean you are creative today. Times yep. are changing very quickly, yep. and we have to keep adjusting yep. and yep. adapting. Mm -hmm. The market favors people who keep recreating themselves yep. in a big way. And people's attention spans are are right here now. It's 20, 30 seconds, less than a minute, whatever, whatever. So it's uh, it's challenging, but it's sick. Yeah, Makes it's me think journey. of Madonna. What you just said made me think of Madonna. Madonna, Madonna. Stink. Madonna Ray Charles. Like recreated herself. Yep. She's a creative genius. Hmm. So many times throughout yeah. her career. The Madonna yeah. of the 1980s is not the Madonna of the 1990s. Oh, yeah. is not the, she was always bringing something new. You could love her. You could hate her. She was controversial as all hell. Yeah, for sure. But there was always something new and spicy and, oh, do I, do I like that? Hmm, I don't know. Really interesting. I think all the those people that you look at yeah. who, who are famous, who are out there, who are doing something cool, there's always that creative component that kind of like shocks you every now and then. You're like, is that them? What are they doing? Yeah. You know, there's that that element. Wasn't she crazy about Warren Betty? And then Warren one time, oh, yeah, sure. well, and then they did Bugsy Dick together. Dick, yeah. Dick, yeah. Or Dick, Dick Tracy, Tracy together. Yeah. Dick Tracy. And it's like, oh my God, it's my dream. And 
you know, one time, if I don't know if you've seen the clip when she sees Antonio Banderas, Banderas for the he, first and his time. Wife, his wife is there. Yeah, she's like, oh my God, you have no I idea. Like, it. my biggest fantasy, you're like this, you're like, yep. she, hmm. she's such an interesting character. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, do you see and what she's up to? I'm very she's different. Very she's kind of losing it. And Pat, she actually, yeah. she actually said in an interview once, she goes, I admit it. She's like, I wasn't the best singer. I wasn't. Yeah. But when you believe in you and you put in that work mm-hmm. and you That's hustle right. and you go for it, That's she's right. a fucking, she's an icon, Madonna. But the hardest thing is, when it's time to retire. I, exactly. Yeah. You they don't want to go. That is the hardest yeah. thing. Yeah. They don't want to be like, a- listen, you got to kind of step away from this. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if she's at that phase or not. I don't think so, no. But she has it, a couple it is years. You know how old she is now, by the way? 60? 60. 62. Oh, okay. Do you know who she's uh, she's put out an APB for? Who? She will not date anybody her age. She will only date a young man who's fit and in his 20s. Right, That's I, it. All right, guys. 20s. That's her rule. All right, guys. I was, I'm good. I'm You're good. good. <laughs> You're not in the 20s anymore. <laughs> Take it easy, tough guy. You're too, You're too old, old for me. Get out of here. Do, do you have any strong feelings on the fact that she, who is 62, will only date a young man. She's Madonna, Adam. Well, but I'm, I'm in my. She can do whatever she but, wants. But wait a minute. What's your point? Yeah, I'm in my forties. You can't. I'm, just, I'm, she, I'm, I'm not younger. Saying, when men do that, it's yeah. Obviously, it's no problem. But yeah. when a woman does it, people are like, whoa, whoa. Yeah. But the only woman that can do that is, is a Madonna. Madonna type. Yeah. You can't just be some regular old sixty-two-year-old. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'm good dating guys my age. I'm only gonna date young hot dudes. It's like, okay, good luck out there, Gladys. <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> but if you're Madonna, oh, yeah, forget about it. Maybe you got some pull. Madonna's different. All right, Separate so set of she built different. Guys, I'm getting worked up. <laughs> I love Adam. Adam's getting sweaty. Okay. All right, so we, we got we got we got 90 minutes today because I, we got to wrap up at 10:55. So let's get into the podcast. Hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which story do we want to get into first? Let's talk about New York first. Okay, wealthy. I know that's not number one, but let's get into it. Wealthy New Yorkers who fled in 2020 took 21 billion dollars in income with them that's irs income and this is coming from the irs let me read the entire story to you so around 300,000 uh, new york city wealthiest residents who fled during the early days of coronavirus pandemic 2 years ago collectively earned 21 billion dollars in total income in 2019 according to new uh, data released by the IRS, so they collectively earned $21 billion in income. The sum which uh, was gleaned from the IRS tax filings were received in 2020 and 2020 represents, represents the largest flight of capital from the Big Apple ever recorded, according to the New York Times, which first reported on $21 billion, billion, billion dollar sum. It is double the average of those who had left New York over the previous decade, according to the IRS, 21,000 New Yorkers relocated to New York, uh, to Florida in 2020, nearly double the average annual net loss from uh, before the pandemic. Large financial firms set up offices in Sunshine State, attracting a large number of professionals from the city, according to the IRS. Manhattan transplants living in Palm Beach County earned an average of $728,000 a year. Now, here's a question. When I talk to people from New York and Jedediah, this one's going to you. When I talk to people from New York, they tell me, they say the phone, they say, Pat, all those people that left, they are coming back. Mm-hmm. They're all coming back. Mm. No one's going to stay in Florida. You have friends there. Are people that left New York coming back to New York? Not really, no. Especially if you owned a business and that business went through a lockdown and you had to shut it down and you had to figure out other options and you picked up your family and you picked up your business and you went to a state and now you're sitting in a place like Florida and you're realizing, wait a minute, I can make a heck of a lot money, more money here because there's not as much regulation, the tax structure is different and you've just experienced a better life. There's a lot of those people. There's also a lot of people. I think New York is going to have a really challenging time because of the structure 
structure that existed for a long time around the office environment. You have all of these gigantic buildings. They're a fortune. The rents are extraordinary in New York City. And now you have all this remote work. Mm-hmm. A lot of those companies are not going back to in-office work. I know there's a call for a lot of them. To, there's a lot of them that are just not going to go back into that structure. There's a lot of people who work in the tech field, companies like Google. They're not going back into that structure. You have all of these really big, really expensive, empty buildings in New York City. I don't know what happens to those spaces. I really don't know. But a lot of the people that I talk to that left are not going back. Some people, you know, keep a little bit of a footprint there. They have family there. They have friends there. But there's really a growing distaste for a lot of what New York City represents now. And until they get their crime, that's another thing. You have some people that it wasn't about a business decision. It was about a family decision. Hmm. The crime was through the roof. They, they're in a place now where they feel safe, where they feel like their kid can run around and play, where they don't feel like there's a hefty hand of government, where the police force feels supported. And they're saying, even if I do love New York City and what it represents in my mind, that's not what it looks like today. So New York City would have to take a big step toward reversing a lot of this damage. Um, And I don't know, remember, the prices have to be worth it, right? Mm -hmm. It has to be worth it. You have to say, well, I'm gonna be in the cultural mecca of the world. I'm gonna be in New York City. That's not a good sell if you can't walk through Times Square without taking your life in your hands. It's Mm -hmm. very dangerous right now still. So I think a lot of these issues, it's not, if it were just one issue, it's not. It's like lockdowns. It's mandates. It's, oh, is there going to be a second wave of this? And I'm going to go through this again. It's how dare you do that to my business? It's this heavy hand of government. It's crime. It's it's multifaceted, the reasons why people left cities like New York, California, Chicago. So it's going to take a lot to get those people to go back. And some of them just won't. I won't. And, and, and I'll mind, never go back. And mind you, that's You'll the, never go back to I will York. never go back to living in New York. And that's home to you. That's home. I love my city. I love it. I grew up there. I like became who I am there. I have a special bond with it. I don't know if I'll be in Florida forever, but New York City, it's not hmm. It's not what it once was. You would have to show me that New York City can be amazing again, hmm. and I'm not convinced that New Yorkers are going to vote for that kind of leadership. Interesting. And so, I'm, and, 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 you know, being from Yonkers, New York, shout out to my mom and my aunt that are watching. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, because you see it, because it's a liberal state, right? You'd think people would bounce, and then they'd be like, you know what? It's over. We're going to come back. But like you said, the crime is is nuts. Even my aunt, they, they don't walk outside at night. There's no chilling in, in New York anymore. It's dangerous as fuck. And, and the fact that, um, what was I saying? Uh, uh, I lost my train of thought. The fact that the, the the fact that if you're a New Yorker and you're, you, know, you love New York and you yeah. bounce and now you're getting used to this and now you want to come back, it's like, come on. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Also, you have to keep in mind, you bring up a good point about New York as a state. The state's not like that. You yeah. go upstate New York, it's a different world. This yeah. is a, a New York City. New York mm-hmm. City is sinking that state. Granted, the governor's a disaster. She's an absolute monster when it comes to, to any issue of freedom or, you know, it, it's preposterous. But regardless, that city is, is sinking the whole state. So yeah. you have people living great lives in upstate New York, and they're like, ugh. They dread, you know, when those policies trickle out from New York. And City. I'm pretty sure it doesn't help when, like, the Amazon was going to open in New York, didn't they? Right. When they trying to yeah. open yeah. in, in Amazon, and then AOC and all them were like, "Nah, we don't want you here. Don't." Yeah, it's not don't business bring, friendly. Don't bring your business here. Yeah. Yeah. Like, take right. your business out of here. Okay. But yeah. All right. All I'm right. To fight you. By the way, what you said about um, New York City is more liberal and blue, and the rest mm-hmm. of the state—that's literally for every state. You cannot point to one major city in the country, not one. Yeah. That voted red. Just so you know. Yeah. L.A., New York, Chicago. I'm just, I'm just letting yep. you know. Every major city votes blue, and all rural votes red. And they're all sinking. Yeah. So there you go. Touche. Exactly. Yeah. But anyway, they are the major cities in the country. But, but here's my point. I've 
be, you guys are from New York. You're from L.A., well, V.I. Ren. Born and raised in Miami. I've, I've only lived here my entire life other than my beautiful stint in Ad- Addison, Texas that <laughs> I did for seven, eight months. You, you speak so, so lovingly yeah. about it, Adam. <laughs> you love Texas. I burned down in my apartment, never looked back. But I've been seeing New Yorkers um, I've said this before on the podcast. I've been seeing them play hopscotch with South Florida for 20 years now. Mm-hmm. They come down. They have a great time on New Year's. They live it up. You know, when I was a club promoter back in the day, we're like, the New Yorkers are coming. We're charging triple the price, you know? Yeah. And then, boom, they'd pay it. You'd make some money. Peace out. And I would always wonder, when are these stupid suckers going to realize what we have going on here year-round? It's better. Rather than just two weeks for vacation. Yeah. And it took a freaking worldwide pandemic for them to be like, I'm done with this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And obviously we're seeing what's happening here. And now there's people in South Florida, and some of our are holding Mayor Francis Suarez accountable, who I, I voted for. I, I really appreciate the guy. They're basically saying, you're bringing all these amazing people here. You're bringing crypto here. Look at, you know, Ken Griffin, Citadel Capital. They're all coming here. What about us? Yeah. I went to paying 2000 bucks a month in rent. Now I got to pay 2900 I can't afford it. So there's the good and the bad of all these New Yorkers bringing $21 billion worth of wealth down to South Florida or Florida in general. Yeah. yeah and, and by the way, what you just said is going to happen. You're going to see some of the people who live in Miami that can't handle that kind of lifestyle, they're gonna live 30 minutes out. Mm-hmm. They're gonna live yep. 30 minutes out, and that happens in every city. When they're, like when uh, Nikki Fried was here and she was talking about, what about the people that can't afford it? In LA it happens as well. People move to Palmdale, California, or Lancaster. Yeah, yeah. Right. Remember yeah. Palmdale, Lancaster was, oh my no, God. everybody moved to Palmdale, mm-hmm. Lancaster all of a sudden, Quartz Hill was like the place in yeah. Palmdale to live. Mm-hmm. So that's gonna happen as well. The, the test, I wanna, I wanna challenge all of you guys this week to do something. Everybody knows somebody in New York. This week, I want you to ask your friends in New York and see their reaction, okay? Ask them, hey, what do you think about this $21 billion of income lost? And, yeah. hmm. you know, the story that just came out saying 300,000 people that left New York, the wealthiest, and they're staying in Florida. Are you seeing people coming back to New York? Do you have any stories like that? And just watch their reaction because I said this. I'm going to do you one better. But no, finish your story. Yeah, I Go said ahead. this to somebody who's in the publishing industry. And she was in the PR business. Her reaction was, she was like offended. Oh, really? What do you mean? Everybody came back. Bullshit. They just left for that. You you don't even know what you're talking about. I'm like, I'm just asking a question. How are yeah. things in New York? Everybody comes back. This is the greatest city. Nobody will ever leave New York. I'm like, okay, that's great to hear. Awesome. Pat, you know what's great? You're going to New York. I'm going to New York tomorrow. He's going to that's New York. literally what I was going to say. He's going to New York yes. tomorrow. That would be For the it. weekend. And, you're gonna, you're yeah. gonna do, and Adam, you're going to do Man in the Street? Yes. Are you doing Man in the Street? Yes, it's literally. I'm going. Adam, you just great. gave me an idea. Can you please? I didn't know what I was going to film exactly. Now you know. That's, that's perfect. Was. Great. Perfect. I will be there. You'll up. help me write some questions. I will. Boom. I'm going to go I'm gonna have my, all the I'll have my aunt and my mom come see you. They're in I get to meet your mom in New York and My mom and my aunt are in Yonkers. This is amazing. Also, what's really interesting is because I have friends that are working in the bar business right now, and they say... It's it's all tourists. It's all mm. the tourists are, have come back because they can get in everywhere yeah, yeah, now. Yeah. And the mandates have dropped, yeah. but the people who made it like the New Yorkers, they're not there. Like I even have a friend who wanted to open up a hair salon, and she said, "My, you know, she was working at another salon prior to, to COVID. And she's like, I want to open it up, but my my New Yorkers aren't there anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a very come and go type of feel to it. It's a very touristy here for the moment. Type I got of feel. you. What you just said. So so it's 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 funny you say that because in LA, what's happening is a lot of the guys that that are the the job creators, those who are doers, their friends who are doers left. Yep. And they're stuck with some people that are not doers. 
So even though they may love their state and they're staying, like Scott Rodriguez just commented saying, I'd love to leave it. I'd leave it in a heartbeat, but my family's there mm-hmm. and my wife, my in-laws mm-hmm. family's there. So it's hard for him to leave. And shout out to Scott. You know, he uh, 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 gave a super chat and uh, wished everybody happy 4th of July. But a lot of people in LA who were like, well, I got to stay for my family. It's very hard when you don't have people to have dinner with or lunch with or conversation with or just go shopping with yeah. or just hang out with. Like, mm-hmm. what happened to these friends yeah. of mine? They're leaving. That's an empty. You may love your state as much as you love. You may love your city as much as you love. But generally, what you love about your city is the culture and culture is the people. The people. Mm-hmm. When the 100%. people leave, the city's not the city. It's just real estate. It's just land. Yep. Yes, it's beautiful. Yes, it's great, but mm-hmm. it's what it's the people in that city that make it great. Now, do you guys think that the that's going to affect the voting of that state cuz no. obviously that you no, don't because think it's it helped at all. It actually helped them. Really? It actually helped them. Yes, of course. Yeah, cuz all the sane-minded it, people left. The, the, <laughs> oh, that's the, right. that's that's, <laughs> that's who right. left. So, if they wanted to strategically to lock in voting yeah. and not have to worry their strategy is actually working. It's working. Mm-hmm. I got you. Their strategy is actually working. They wanted to working. sink the city and create a sink bunch it. of government dependence. They, it's working. Why are we surprised? What was the richest yeah. city in the world 80 years ago? Yep. Yep. What exactly. was the richest Detroit. city in the world? Detroit. What Detroit, Detroit was Detroit? winning. The Motor City. Yeah. What happened to Detroit? Hey, the politicians got involved. Yeah. Dearborn, everything. Ruined the entire mm-hmm. city. Yeah. Everybody left. So right. if it can happen to Detroit, we're not either. That's okay. how I ended up in Florida. My dad's and, from Detroit. His yeah. family home oh, moved really? to Miami in the 70s. Yeah. And then they started dealing with Pablo Escobar. And now we won't talk about that, but that's how my family got here. You guys just made a great point. That's why people that talk, you know, the Republicans talk shit about Joe Biden. But, yo, Joe Biden is doing a fantastic job. It's all about perspective. They want that. They want, you know, the middle class gone, be relying on the fucking government. So he's doing, I mean, that's fantastic then. Yeah, he's doing, what he, he's doing exactly do. what he's supposed to do. Hey, that's so a good job. campaign promise fulfilled. Yeah, good job. Okay. Good job, so Joe. I'm not going to let you get negative on this. No, he, I'm not negative. He, he did he, it. He said that's what he was going to do, I'm, and he's Doing it, yeah, okay. Hey, Joe Biden was like, hey, have a little respect for the president. Them, hey, hey, middle, go, hey, middle class, have a little go fuck respect. yourself. Middle class, go fuck yourself. And now he's, he's doing a great job. Pissed off Adam. Yeah. Now, now he's <laughs> told you. That. I love, I love, I love all, right, all right, let's go to this next one here. Uh, uh, is it more, uh, it's now more expensive to own a home than rent one mm. at any time uh, uh, since 2000. So this is a story on page two, Market Watch. The housing market may be slowing down, but owning a home is still a costly proposition to Charts reveal exactly how expensive it is. If you want to put that up there, uh, Tyler, so people can see it. Just over a year ago, the monthly costs of owning and renting were practically identical, according to a blog post from John Burns Real Estate uh, Consulting. Now owning a home costs $839 more per month than renting. The differential is almost $200 higher than any time since the turn of century 20 years ago, 22 years ago, Daniel uh, Wynn, senior research manager at John Burr's Road, across residential properties, renting a home would set back, set one back roughly 1962 across, uh, according to data from Redfin, uh, as of April 2022, two months ago. But if a homeowner had put down 7% down payment for a home, they'd be stuck with a mortgage that would set them 2114 a month, 152 more. With demand now shifting toward renting, Home builders who were once reluctant to sell rental home investors are now soliciting offers from investors. Strong demand from investors will provide additional support to today's home prices. Win at it. So when you look mm-hmm. at that chart right there, take a look at that. Look how it's been. It's been all about buying, 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 and now it's renting. And the last time it peaked, not even at that level. What year is that, by the way? Is that 05, 06? 06, yeah, exactly. What's the red versus the blue? Red is it's better to uh, blue is rent. Yeah, no, uh, blue is rent. 
and read his own. Okay, so it was good to own in after the financial crisis. Oh, wait. Prices oh, wait. went down. But yeah. other than that, it's always 20, been cheaper to rent April in, through, in the last October. 20 years is what I'm but, saying. But by the way, here's here's what you have to know, though. What mm-hmm. if, you, if you look at this, this is what you have to know. Look how sick that drop is on when it is good to, to, to buy. Look what year that is. Look at the exact month. Yeah, you're right. right exactly. Well, go, the to the month. go to the exact month. Boom. No, no, the month. It's not It's not financial crisis. April 09, it a- looks like. April 09. So April 09 is how much after financial crisis. November 07 is when countrywide, New Century, WAMU, mm-hmm. everybody starts saying, we're not doing pick a payment loan. Yeah. The no income, no assets. Nina. They, Nina, they stopped doing. In November of 07. So if you look at November of 07 there, the drop is coming. So it took November of 07 till April of 09, which means November of 07, April of 09 is how long? That's 18 months, give or take. Mm. So this means 18 months from April. What is 18 months from April? 18 months from April is go eight months, then add another 10 months. April is eight months, uh, 10 months. October of next year is going to be perfect time to buy, and it's going to go like that for about three years, four mm-hmm. years. Do you see that? Yeah. So from October of uh, 2023 till about October of 2026, 2027, that's when it's going to be the best time to be buying. Yeah. So if you're sitting there, by the way, if you're a realtor right now trying to sell this, what I'm saying to you right now, you may want to not have them listen to this podcast. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't share this message. No, don't listen to that. But if you're the podcast. person that is selling mm-hmm. And if you're thinking about selling, and again, we talked about this on the last podcast, don't be greedy selling right now. Do not, if you're trying to sell, sell. But if you're just trying to, like, you're thinking maybe I want to sell, I don't want to sell, hang on to your house. But if you want to buy, you may want to wait 18 more months. And isn't, it, isn't it crazy? Like, like and, and, and we talk about this all the time. Like, everybody's talking about the market's coming, the market's going to crash. Have you ever thought that you'd actually say the words like, oh, my God, like, people ask me, Vinny, you're, you're going to live here forever. Mm-hmm. Are you going to buy a house? I'm just like, just waiting for that market to crash. Yeah. Like, I never thought I'd say some shit like that. Like, the only person I knew when the, when the crash happened was Michael Burry, right? He was the only one spinning. Now everybody's like, come on, man, let's... Let's well, have everything me, crash so I can buy a fucking house. I'm going to jump in. And what, what, two things. Uh, number one, I'm shocked. You see how like all the way to the right, basically when COVID hit, yeah. April of 20, that's where the, a, a little red starts showing up. Yeah. You would think it'd be more than that yeah. with the fury of buying that's been going on. Mm-hmm. It's it, it clearly, it, if mm-hmm. I'm looking at this, the oh only time God. it was actually good to buy was after the financial crisis. That's what I'm looking at. Of course. I see blue, 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 wow, blue, 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 blue wave like it's a liberal city out over here. <laughs> And then it's uh, good to buy during the crisis. Here's my point. I say this all the time. All the time, okay? Owning a house and buying a house and taking out a mortgage and taking on debt ain't all that it's cracked up to be. The Realtor Association of the World uh, has done a great job of saying renting is throwing away money. Renting is throwing away money. What they want to do. And not my mom, tell you, by the way. My mom exactly. Says that. Because yeah. that's what the American <laughs> dream was 50 years ago. Yeah. Buy a house, two car garage, picket fence, 2.2 yep. 2 kids. That's what the American dream is. The American dream today is economic freedom. Pick and choose wherever the hell you awesome. want to go. Keep it moving and stay flexible and keep your overhead low. So what people forget is that, all right, you know that if you're going to buy a place, first thing you're going to look at is the Mortgage payment, right? So typically, in the last six months, it's gone from 3% to 6%. That's double. I'm not a mathematician, but I'm pretty sure 3 to 6 is double. But the three things that people forget about when they go to buy a house, and for those of us that have bought a house, they get it now. Those of us that have not is what I call the big three expenses. That's your taxes, your maintenance, and your insurance. Those are three things you do not have to pay for if you're renting. Exactly. So 
everyone's like, well, it's cheaper to to buy or it's the same price. It's like, yeah, go ahead and figure out what your maintenance is going to be, what your taxes are going to be, and what your insurance is going to cost. Oh, you just moved to Florida. You ever heard of a fucking hurricane, buddy? You're going to need some hurricane insurance. So there's a difference between an investment and a lifestyle choice. Buying a house isn't exactly the best investment. It might be the best lifestyle choice, but there is a difference. You can look at the math. If you put your money in the S&P 500 index fund over 10 years versus buying a house, the S&P is going to double what you're going to get for your house. Got you. Yeah, there's also headaches and small costs that like you think of it in ter- you're talking about big costs and, mm-hmm. and but I you know, I've never owned a home. I lived in New York City, so I always rented. It just didn't make sense for me. Mm-hmm. And there's there's little things that come up. The dishwasher breaks, the washer dryer. Somebody comes in, you rent, somebody comes in, rolls in and replaces yep. that. Yep. That's not your headache, that's not your time, that's not your money. So if you add up all that stuff, it winds up being a much bigger picture of what mm-hmm. the costs and expenses are to actually own a home. I will say that the owning versus renting for me was always like a mind fuck because I always grew up feeling like if you own something, it's yours. <laughs> you have it at the end of you the day. You can touch it. I don't you like stocks because I can touch and my if house. They, if they yeah. take everything else away from you, <laughs> you have your home. But yeah. you know, Shout out to the realtors. And the, the realtors and my <laughs> yeah. mom. Hi, yeah. Solange, by the way. Solange. But yeah, you know, th- that's a feeling. That's a feeling mm-hmm. that some of us had growing up and it's the same for a car. I know my parents were always like, own your car because if you lease it, never owned a car, always, you know, lease yep. a car. But that that's a that's just a mental game sometimes. Mm-hmm. You have to play mental And a car is only worth 40 grand. We're talking about a place that's worth a million dollars. Yeah. You know who I got to give a shout out or to? Or more in certain cities. PBD. Because anytime I have this <laughs> argument, I'm like, oh, oh, pull up that, ar- remember that article you wrote for the Denver Post back in whatever year, 2004? Pat had, I don't know, half a million bucks, million bucks in the bank. You just started to do really well. And you had to make an economic decision. Do I buy a place or take all my money and invest it in the business? What'd you do? No, no, I put it in the business. But you, but my my idea was nothing gives me a higher rate of return than putting money into the business. Bingo. Nothing does. I mean, that's just, till today, anything, if I have access to capital, I'm putting that into the business. I'm not putting that into a house. Now, it's also different when you have eight people living in your house. It's also yes. different when you're positioning on where your kids are going to school. Mm-hmm. It's also different where you want to paint the house in a certain way. You don't need to get somebody's permission when you have all of that. So, so life would, it would be slightly different for you if you had a wife and of two course. kids But today. this is exactly what I'm saying, but it's lifestyle choices. No question about it. You have no four question. kids. You have your father you're, living you're with right. you. You've got Melva. Like you're you, right. Like you have to buy. Absolutely. Yeah. But if you were just you and Jen and one kid, you would maybe even still consider Listen, renting. if I'm running a business today, mm-hmm. if I'm a business owner today, and I have a choice between putting half a million dollars into a house and putting half a million dollars into my business, the business is going to give you 10 times, if you're a good operator, mm-hmm. 10 times more return on the money than real estate is. Yep. So so if you're in the inception phase of building a business and you want to use the resources to grow your business, you're wasting your money putting into a But house. a realtor will never tell you He'll that. never tell you that. But by the way, here's a, can you go back to that chart? And, and uh, uh, Jorge, Eric, can we increase the mic by like 5 or 10% because I can't hear myself? So if you if you go back to this chart, so you know the concept of a sling- slingshot? What's the concept of a slingshot? You pull it back and then boom, it goes okay. 10, 10 but times But the further. further you pull it back, what happens? The, the, the further it goes, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Guys, look how, how much higher that is than it was at the yes. peak in, in, in yeah. 07. I love what you're making do right you know an what, analogy. Do you know what that means? That means the red that you see there, mm-hmm. that red is going to be much lower I, I, listen, I'm not. I'm, all I'm saying is, if the, and look how quickly yeah. the spike is, 
in the last two, do you see the spike? Like how fast it went up? Boom! Yeah, it didn't exactly. go up that fast. If you look at the uh, uh, the one on the left, the spike on the right only took. Yep. Look at yeah, that. That's fast. The yeah, spike on the left. On oh right my with this god! That's thing. scary right there. Because this, if if this, if we go purely on the slingshot mm -hmm. uh, metaphor, real estate in about three five years, man, it may be like a two. It may be a stack cash and get 30, ready to buy your dream home in the next few years. Don't rush. I don't know if Rob Gardula listening because that guy didn't take my yeah. In some <laughs> markets, it's about to be a massive dip. Yep. If this continues the way it is. By the way, can we follow this the next time this gets updated to see what yep. the next one is? Because if it goes even higher. Uh, 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 let's update so, this chart quarterly yeah. and let's see what's going wow. on. Revisit this chart. Can you put this, save this to like I, favorites or something? Yeah. There, I will never complain about my $2,100 rent for a really small That's apartment. Again. Never again. I mean, but think because everybody what did from I New tell York, you when you moved here, you're right. I'm looking to buy. I, I'm I go, gonna, don't I'm gonna, even I'm use gonna, the word gonna, buy. I'm gonna give credit where credit's due. At I just walked in. I just met him two minutes. He goes, "Hey, you're new. Come here. Don't buy a fucking house." I was yeah. like, "Hi, I'm Vinny." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's like, "Don't buy a fucking house." And then house. I slapped you in the face because you said, "I think hard. I." Slap me hard. I told you the exact same thing. I said, "Give it a year, Jedediah." Yeah, yeah. Look at this. Does this not prove my point? Yep, yeah. Yep, yep. He goes, "Save your money," but then he made me take him to sushi wow. across the street, which was three hundred dollars. Wow. It's a commission right there. It's a commission right there. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know if people caught this message because this is real. Mm -hmm. Wow! If if you caught this message, this is real with what's going on. Anyways, and Michael Burry keeps saying it, and Michael Burry still doesn't want to do mm -hmm. an interview with anybody. He will. He turns yeah. down every single interview that he gets asked to do. Uh, but that is one we, guy we, you watch closely. Two movies you got to watch. Okay, two movies. Go watch two movies. Go watch Margin Call. Go watch Big Short. Mm -hmm. These are two movies you got to watch this weekend. Listen, folks, listen. Add it to your list. Watch Margin Call and watch Big Short. You'll realize what's going on. Yep. It'll give you a hint. For some mm -hmm. of you guys that maybe don't like to read, you'd much rather get your content, watch it. Watch those two movies this the, weekend. The, the difference is last oh time, God. 2007, 2008, it was all mortgage-backed securities and bad bets yeah. and, you know, yeah. and Bear Stearns and, and these types of folks. Now it's what? the it, it, Massive... Money printing, yeah. Uh, yeah. quantitative easing. There's, it's a different method to the madness, but it's I don't still. Know, I don't know what any of that means, but guess what? It sounds scary as fuck. <laughs> Just rent is what that means. <laughs> Me and Jeff and I are like, I what the yeah, hell? but people scary. that actually know what they're doing yeah. with their money, you don't have to get caught up in quantitative yeah. easing and mortgage rates and mortgage-backed yeah. securities. Rent, make money, yep. save your money, be smart with your investments. The recipe is simple. Did you get that story I sent you yesterday, Tyler, with interest rates uh, being projected to go up another three quarters of a point to a point mm -hmm. in July? The the and and the lady that said it and Powell is like oh we're working very hard to not have the recession I, I sent you the story yesterday you should have it somewhere here, uh uh uh, uh but yeah so anyway I, I so even with this going on, if the rates go another three quarters of a point next month to a point that's gonna go spike even higher. Yep. Every time they raise rates, that's just gonna go higher and higher and higher, and and I have Powell seems very confident that they're going to be able to prevent America from going into recession. Folks, if the definition of recession is two quarters in a row, the GDP slows down, or today's 20%, what date? I believe. Today's what date? Today's the 30th. 30th. 30th of June. Tomorrow's officially day one of recession. Oh, shit. If it's two quarters in a row, tomorrow is officially day one of recession, and watch no one talk about it. Wow. Watch no one talk about it till first quarter of 2023. Loretta Mester says Fed is on track for three quarters of a point uh, increase in July rate hike. Go a little higher. Go a little higher to see what this article says. Can you zoom in a little bit? 
Uh, Federal Reserve Bank of Cleveland President Loren says the U.S. Central Bank is on track for another big interest rate hike next month based on current economic conditions. If the rate-setting Federal Open Market Committee meeting was being held today, Ms. Messer said Wednesday on CNBC that she would advocate for three – she would advocate for three important co- – uh, hike rate hike uh, uh, because I haven't seen the kind of numbers on the inflation side that I need to see in order to know, in order to you know that we can go back to fifty basis basis point increase. Wow, Miss Messer said high readings of inflation mean the Fed needs to raise rates quickly to restrain those forces. So far this year, the Fed has increased its short term rates from near zero uh, to one point five to one point seven five. An official signal a number of f- further. Increases are likely this year as inflation has hit a 40-year high. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I brace for impact, folks. <laughs> Remember when they brace, told you this brace. was transitory? Say that again? Remember when they told you this was all transitory? Yeah, this was transitory. And- well, Janet Yellen, you know, she's a, mm-hmm. she's a gem. Uh, Powell says no guarantee Fed can avoid hard landing. Obviously. No guarantee Fed can avoid Hard landing. How do you process that statement? It, it, the recession is coming. He, it's coming. He's, saying, yeah. he's, he's, he's covering his ass. Of course I mean, he is. Yeah, this is, yeah, we can't guarantee it's going to be a soft landing. Of it's, course it's not. It's, it's gotten harder. <laughs> the pathways have gotten narrower, Powell said, uh, at a European Central Bank event on Wednesday. Nonetheless, that is our aim, mm-hmm. and there are pathways to achieve that. Go lower. What is your pathway, Powell? Powell said is significantly more challenging. But the Russia invasion of Ukraine, fuel oil prices have jumped 36% of nation sanctions. Okay, I, I listen, this is um, a real dilemma. <laughs> yeah, this is a real dilemma. And this is a, this is a real dilemma. Look, <laughs> here's all you have to be thinking about. This, this is what you have to be thinking about. If you're a short-term thinker, you're in trouble. If you're a long-term thinker, you're doing fine. A guy who runs a mortgage company in LA, I was talking to him yesterday. I said, you know, you know what I would, you know what event would sell out right now? Maybe can you tell this to Mario? Maybe we even put it together ourselves. We just booked five. We, we're about to announce the five speakers at the vault. It's freaking sick. Uh, the, the two show the two entertainment alone that we're gonna be having, many people will just come for the show, but you'll be surprised who we're inviting to the it's it's freaking jam-packed. More than the two events vault we put together combined. We'll be announcing that. Can we go? Maybe we announce it next Tuesday. But, but I'm gonna say this to, to you here. If I was maybe just make a note we'll do this event just make a note we'll do this event and we're going to charge pretty much nothing the make tickets for this event the tickets for this event Mario, will be practically Adam. nothing on this. Uh, 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 <laughs> $500 tickets like cheap tickets will do here's what I'm going to do I would put a mortgage event right now a two day mortgage event okay and at this mortgage real estate event I'm bringing all the godfathers fathers of real estate from 20 years and by the way if somebody else wants to do this go do it I'm, I really don't care I'm not going to be upset if somebody else takes this and does it before I do so I don't have to do it somebody needs to do this event have 2000 have an event with all the godfathers of real estate that were around that they're out in 08 07 the ones that were in in the 90s when real estate took a crash and have a lineup of all of them with a panel for 2 days and have realtors loan officers only show up you would sell thousands. You'd sell out the what is this arena, arena here? Arena. Miami heat arena. What the FTX the arena. You would sell out. What's about this American? You would sell yes, out the go. FTX arena of realtors and loan officers to sit down and say, "I would have Bernanke there. I would have the guys that mess with. Uh, uh, I would have any one of these guys that were involved mm-hmm. with rates, Fed, all of that in a room saying, guys, how ugly is this going to be? Tell us so we can prepare.'" Short term is going to be ugly, but I think the guys that are in it for long term, I think they're going to be fine. Sell your exotics. Sell your Patek Felipe watch. Sell all of that mess. Uh, wives, if you're listening, I told this to wife yesterday. 
uh, take a break from Chanel for three years. Take a break from Louis Vuitton for three years. Mm. Take a break from uh, Hermes for three years. Go back to coach. No more Neiman Marcus. No more Nordstrom's. Go to Macy's. Go to Walmart aisle 17. <laughs> Target has got a lot of good selection for you. It's if you French. want to go That's there. French. Amazon's got great selection. Forget mm-hmm. about the name brand for the next three years. Rather than driving a Bentley, go drive that Chrysler that looks like a Bentley. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than driving Chrysler a Ferrari, 300. go get a Corvette. Looks just like a Ferrari. Yeah, Rather than driving any of the, you know, the Rolls-Royce Phantom, just go get a nice sedan S-Class. It's a hundred grand. You don't have to pay five hundred thousand dollars for that Phantom. Just Back up a little bit the next two, yeah. three years. Yeah. Luxuries, set them aside. Mm-hmm. You got a Patek Felipe watch or Rolex, go get yourself a citizen. It's still going to tell you the time. Maybe get an <laughs> Apple watch if you want yeah. to. Yeah. But it's a time to take a break. I and want I them to cut this up into a short clip and put that out because you're absolutely right. This is exactly what people need to do because they, it's, there's been so much easy money. I thought like the Hermes, the Chanel's, the Louis Vuitton's of the world were going to get crushed during COVID. Yeah. People out of jobs, people not traveling, there's no one to impress. They've skyrocketed. For a brief period of time, uh, the owner of LVMH, what's the the French guy's name in... uh uh, I don't remember. Look up the He's owner of ridiculous. LVMH. Like Renault no, okay. is yeah. one of those yeah. names. Yeah. He became, in the in, during Richest COVID, uh, Bernard Arnault. Yeah. As I yeah. believe. Yeah. There Bernard you go. Wow. There you go. That, that, that's because that, I hang out I'm in Paris so and Monaco these days. Yeah. That's what I, so, that, yeah. He became the richest man in the world ahead of Bezos and Elon Musk for a quarter during COVID. Yeah. Because all these people got Everybody their stimulus checks. Yeah. Time to go get that Louis back, Louis, back y'all. Yeah. And I thought these companies were going to get crushed. They skyrocketed. But their time is a coming. You'd have to call that event the Godfather's of Real Estate. That would just look... Do- well, I am so tempted to host do this it. event <laughs> at the FTX and just do it. Do it. Sell tickets for nothing and do invite it. everybody. The Godfather's Mario of Real Estate. Mario said he's excited to plan it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, by the way, but let me, let me ask you a question. How many of you guys who are in real estate and mortgage... Would want to attend? Like, let, how much is it to rent out FTX Arena? How much would it be to rent oh out? Oh my god! Oh my god! Can you find? Like, really, <laughs> I, I, can you text Keith to see if he can find out? Sure. See how be, much it is to rent out the American Arena. Has to be a couple hundred grand Arena. with insurance and everything. If yeah. we did it for one day, if you have interest, you're in real estate and mortgages. You want me to go uh, call these guys and bring everybody in a room? Would you? What would you spend for a ticket? If we do it for, because I'm going to do it for cost. Whatever the cost is, we'll cover it. Five hundred bucks, a thousand dollars a ticket. I think everybody in the mortgage real estate business needs to be prepared for this time to come. So find out if we can get yes, the sir. FTX arena and how much that is. Maybe we'll do that event. But So this is my question, Pat. Like we're talking about people. Don't go buy the Maybach, buy the S-Class for a hundred grand or don't buy Hermes or Chanel yeah. or whatever. What about the people that literally have never been in that realm that were only making 50, 60, 70, $80,000 a year? I have and a now, response for you as well. Now they're in retirement. And as you see, we've lost $3 trillion yep. of retirement savings. Yep. What do they do? Fantastic There's- question. By the way, fantastic question. So let's talk to the baby boomers. You ready? Let's mm-hmm. talk to the people above 60. You want to start at that generation first? Yeah, absolutely. Let's start there first. Okay, if you're 60, I hate to say it to you, you're not 60. You were 60 60 years ago if you were 60 then. Today, if you're 60, you're 40 years old. Because you're living to 85 years old. Stop mm-hmm. thinking you're 60 years old. You're 45 years old. You are naive if you're, with all due respect to boomers, I got respect for you because you came before I did. With all due respect, if you are naive if you're a boomer 
at 60 thinking about retiring in five years. Yep. You ought to change your retirement plan to 12 years at 72. Mm. Not because, oh my gosh, that's so unfair. The government is so unfair. No, because you're going to live longer. And if you decide to retire at 65, you'll be broke at 79 years old, miserable, being a little bit of a challenge to your kids. You may even come in between your kids' marriage, whoever they're married to, because they're going to be sitting there behind closed doors and bed saying, how much more money do we have to take care of your mom? How much more money do we have to pay for your dad? You may cause a divorce amongst your kids and whoever they're married to. So game plan. You're 60. You're going to 72. Have the conversation with your wife. Have the conversation with your husband. Go get a side gig. Whatever that side gig may be, do real estate. Go do retirement. Go do insurance. Guess what? Sell whatever people at your age are interested in because that's your market. Go sell MedSup. Go sell MedAdvantage. Go sell you know, a, a long-term care. Go sell whatever experience you are going through. Go sell a 401k and say, listen, this was my 401k at $700,000. $700, it's at four twenty. If you're like me, this is what I'm doing. Do you want to hear about it? Figure out a way to generate income for yourself. I talk to a lot of them in there in, at that age, 60 plus, and a lot of them are flat out saying, I'm not retiring at 65. And they have a million mm-hmm. in the bank in their retirement. And they have two million in retirement. A million, two million in retirement today at 60 years old is nothing. Yep. Crazy. Because you got to plan for at least 25 years. You have to mm-hmm. plan to 85. Don't solve for, I'm going to die at 72 years old. No, you're going to solve for... 85 years yep. old. And by the way, everybody else, 30-year-old, 40-year-old, 50-year-old that's going through a mess, maybe. By the way, the divorce business is going to blow up next two years. Yeah, I can imagine. It's sad, but true. It's sad, but it's going to blow up the next two years. Therapy is going to blow up the next two years. I hate to say it, and I hope this industry doesn't blow up, but they're going to because the first thing doctors are going to prescribe is what? Drugs. Antidepressants are going to blow up the next two years. Oh, yeah. You're going to see a lot of weird stories the next two years. We talked about this the other night that we're here. If you're listening to this, and you're scared, only be scared if you're not planning to increase your value in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. You have nothing to be scared of if you are going to be improving and learning two, three, four, five new skill sets to improve yourself in a marketplace because the market is going to pay you if you improve. The people that are scared today are the people that are watching way too many TikTok videos, yeah. way too many Instagram yeah. videos, way too many Netflix shows, way too many video games. Let me tell you, if you're watching this, get off this podcast because this podcast is going to be very scary for you the next three, six, 12 months because I'm not going to stop talking about this. Get off your damn video games and the Netflix. Take a six-month sabbatical from Netflix and freaking video games and TikTok. Take a break. And go learn a skill set. Go on Udemy. Go on Pluralsight. Go on any of these whatever courses you can take. There. Go take some master class. Go take a work under somebody to learn something. Go watch some YouTube videos from people that are teaching you. There's great real estate YouTube videos. There's great insurance YouTube videos. There's one called Seven Figure Squad. There's so many of them that you can go learn from these people out there. But if you don't do that, don't blame the government. Don't blame the rich people. Don't blame your parents. Don't blame your family. Don't blame anybody if you refuse to improve you the next two years. And by the way, I hate to say it to you. This happened to my family in nine, and when I got out of the military. In 1990, I got out of the military. My dad had another heart attack. He went to the hospital. We were watching the game where Allen Iverson made that shot over uh, Tyrone Lue. Tyrone Lue. Wow. Game ended. He says, take me to the hospital. I'm having a heart attack. I took him to the hospital. He's having a heart attack. I'm saying, like, oh, great. 49K in debt, buddy. You're killing it, PVD. What are you going to do? The only thing you know how to do is shoot a freaking rifle. And you're not even an expert at it. You were advanced. 
So we're not going to go say, uh, uh, listen, uh, IBM, you guys need somebody with a good, you know. I, 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 I went to say, I'm going to be a Hummer mechanic. I'm going to go be the best Hummer mechanic in California. There was two Hummer dealerships. One was in Camarillo. Here's what the guy said in the interview. No joke. He told me, he says, sir, I said, I'm the best Hummer mechanic in all of Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Look at my, I'm sick. I'll be your best. He says, sir. We sell two Hummers a month. <laughs> <laughs> we have one mechanic, and it's that, one too many. That's a perfect. We don't need you. I'm like, yeah. shit. Fuck. What a waste of a skill set. Wow. I can shoot, and I can fix Hummers, and I'm broke. You still got hope, Pat. They're bringing it hope. back. There's still but, hope, but man. But the point is, I, I sat there, and I said, I'm going to increase my market value. I think that's what everybody can yep. do. That's amazing. If you don't do it, you should be scared. If you do do it, don't worry about it. Future looks bright. Wow, let, me, let me tell you something. Number one, uh, you're on fire today. I love this. So I love, you know, I, I love uh, what you're saying here. Uh, let me talk to the older people out there, aka if you're not listening, your parents, and then I'll talk to people our age. I actually had this exact same conversation with my mom this week. My mom's 70 years old. I go, Mom, don't plan on retiring anytime soon. You're, she's a nurse. She wor- runs the front desk at a, a nursing facility. You're going to be working until you're 80. Get used to it. What are you going to do? Retire and do freaking nothing? You don't golf. You don't play mahjong. (laughs) There's nothing for you to do. A generation ago, you hit 65, 70. That's it. Time for Social Security. I'm dead in the next five years. My mom, God bless, God willing, is going to make it to 100, okay? So are all our parents if they take care of themselves. What are you going to do? Live on the government for the next 30 years with your couple hundred grand and your 401k? It's not going to happen, mom. Keep working. Now, what Tapat said, and this is exactly what I tell young people, you have two choices to what to do with your time. Your time is your greatest commodity. You can either spend your time or invest your time. What Pat's talking about, playing video games and being on Netflix, congratulations, buddy, you spend your time. I was the king of spending my time in my 20s, clubbing, partying, fantasy football, fucking about, until I had to like, time to invest my time reading content creating networking that's when i saw my life improve so the choice is yours yeah and, and just piggyback on you so my mom's retired pat my sister uh veronique she's retiring from the air force next month after 25 years she's getting out bro she's not retiring and kicking her feet up she's gonna use the skill sets from the military mm-hmm. she has to get a fucking job you know what i mean because her and my mother are moving to california my mom's income and my sister's income are gonna just barely like, basically just get them rent because they're not gonna buy you know what I mean? They have to rent right now in California, so that's how you're right. It's yeah, real. Yeah, and also I think it's a it's an opportunity to kind of like think about what you really like. I have a friend whose mom retired from, you know, traditional jobs she's had for years. She always liked this sounds crazy. She always liked basket weaving. She started a basket weaving business and is selling this Good stuff at home, doing creative. Good. Went on Etsy, started Love a that. shop. You know, so you it doesn't have to be. A lot of people say, "Oh, I worked in an office for X amount of years. I'm burnt out. I can't." It doesn't have to be in that box, that mm-hmm. that way of thinking. You can branch out. I have another friend, 50 years old, became a personal trainer, decided that was always a passion mm-hmm. of his. Didn't do that his whole life. Was in banking, hated banking, got out of banking was like I don't know what to do let me go do something different so it can it doesn't have to be like mm-hmm. this straight line it can be kind of all over the place think of it like a tree branch I've even thought about getting a personal training certification I love to exercise why not yep. why not have that in my back pocket if I ever want to open a spa if I ever want to open a gym which is mm-hmm. a dream that I have to open something wellness oriented me having that certification that's a plus for me so I'm thinking about doing that right now even though I'm doing the podcast it doesn't have to all be you know eggs in one basket you can really right. think outside the box and now more than ever I feel like is a time for people to do that of me, all age brackets. Let me tell you something that because obviously you know my core business in the insurance world and uh, life settlements. Sixty, uh, sorry, a hundred thousand baby boomers turn sixty-five 
every single day. Wow. Okay? For the next decade. Baby boomers, up until millennials, became the largest generation, 80 million plus, are the largest generation. So this is advice to your parents. Like I doubt there's many seven-year-olds listening right now. There's a few. But the hardest thing you to do at 65 is realize you probably are going to live another few decades. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be, it's very hard to do, especially if you're not technologically savvy to update your skill set. Yep. But you know, it's hard to do, but you got to do it. And okay? if my mom's listening, my mom, dude, my mom is one of the best cooks ever. Mom, go to have Z truck or a Kip Ted truck. Just start selling cheese. I mean, my mom is That'd literally classic. Just I don't know like, what you just said, but I know you said like, something about Persian. Oh. And Are you Hormis asking your mom to be like crack for middle? Crack America. for Middle Eastern and that Patrick, good of a stew. Patrick, best stew in the world. And I promise you, and yeah. we're gonna make it. I'm being real. My mom is one of the best cooks, and I've eaten a lot of food from a lot of different people. My mom's gonna come visit. She already made carrot cake that one time that I almost got arrested at the airport <laughs> with the flour. My mom put. I remember that. that? <laughs> Guys, I can't, you want to laugh? This my guy mom showed up with a bag. My mom of goes no no yeah flour. Hold on no 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 no. Yo, you want, so my mom, I love. Oh, I think what, she's what's watching. Wrong? What's wrong? My mom makes a carrot cake, and it's your competition-worthy carrot. I'm not. I know that people. Sick. That was great. Patrick, sick. am I right? No, no joke. Sick. So I'm. She's, I'm coming no. here. To, I'm, I'm moving here. We got the job with Pat, and my mom makes this carrot cake, and on there's confection sugar that you're supposed to put once you serve it. She puts it in the middle of the cake. Jed, without right. letting me know. I show up to fucking LAX, yeah. my bag goes through, and I'm not joking. You know the x-ray people, you can't really see them? Yeah. It's, a, it's a black girl, and she just stands up and she goes, oh, hell no. <laughs> and, I'm like, and I'm like, what? She's like, is that you? Secure cops, everybody. She, I, I go, what the hell's going on? I'm, I'm, I'm not stupid. I don't bring, I don't have drugs. I'm not. She goes, what the hell? She pulls out this bag. It's confection sugar. It looks just like cocaine. Yeah. And my mom writes a note. This is sugar. Yeah. Don't. Oh this God. is not cocaine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, okay, and the lady. guy goes, just oh, what a oh, really? would say. You're, oh, this is the first time we've gotten the, this isn't cocaine. This is sugar trick. That's amazing. But like she, my mom's cooking is amazing. We might have to open up a, a carrot cake shop. But that's exactly what all our moms and dads yeah. need to be reconsidering. Rather uh, than aging out of the workforce, reinvent FYI, yourself. FYI, during times of crisis, small businesses get started. Mom just remember up. this. Yep. Small mm-hmm. businesses get started during times right. of crisis. So awesome. Okay. Let's continue. Let's continue with the next story. Next story is TikTok, okay? FCC commissioner urges TikTok to be removed from Apple, Google stores over unacceptable national security risk, a Fox business story. Let's see what this is all about. So uh, here we go. In in a letter dated June 24, Brandon Carr, the Commissioner of Federal uh, Federal uh, Communication Commission, warned Apple CEO Tim Cook and Alphabet CEO Sundar Pichai, of an alarming new report that shed fresh light on serious national security threats posed by TikTok. TikTok is not what it, hap- uh, what it appears to be on the surface. It is not just an app for sharing funny videos or memes. That's the sheep's clothing, Carr wrote. Wow. At its core, TikTok functions as a sophisticated surveillance tool that harvests expen- extensive amounts of personal and sensitive data. TikTok, available to millions of Americans through Apple and Google online stores, is owned by the Beijing-based company ByteDance, an organization, an organization that Carr asserts is behold to the Communist Party of China and required by Chinese law to comply with the PRC surveillance demands. I, I would I would understand this under a Trump administration to come out a story like Yeah. But if it comes out under Trump and Biden, guess what it is? It's real. Yep. yep. I agree 100%. It's real. How do you feel about this? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a TikTok. I, I, I've thought about it. I think it's appealing, like as, you know, a, a tool. I, I thought about it for the show. 
But I am concerned about this. You remember when Trump brought this up and everyone was like, oh, that can't be. He's just trying to shut down a company. He's trying to be, you know, he's he's now big daddy government. But the reality is there's a lot of stories. There was a story that came out in BuzzFeed recently about this that was talking about how there was data of U.S. users that was accessed by entities in mainland China. So it's a concern. Are they harvesting data? What are they doing with the data? If Are they holding on to it? What kind of personal data are they able to retain? What are they going to do with it? I mean, you don't want the Chinese government having access to that data. So it's a concern. I'm, so, you know, And it's interesting to me because this has been a story that's now gone through two administrations. This doesn't seem like it has a political bent to me. It doesn't seem like it's a part of a political narrative. So I'm surprised that more people aren't tuned into it. And this is TikTok is the home of young people, right? Young people are plugged in left and right. So do they not care? Like, does that, is this not a concern at it's all? Not. I mean, privacy, privacy, I understand people feel like in 2022, you know, privacy is dead, but they're talking about your personal data, your personal information that could be the posse- in the possession of the mm-hmm. Chinese government. So yes, absolutely, 100%. This is something that crosses my mind. Every single time I consider doing a TikTok, I take a pause, I sit back, and I don't do it because mm-hmm. I'm worried about where this data is going, who's holding on to it. And then they said something about, oh, we can modify this <laughs> and we can have, you know, it be controlled within the United States. Well, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. All of that data is still going to be transferred over to China. It's still going to be in their possession. So I think it comes down to a question. These are, again, this doesn't seem to be politically motivated. This is crossing two administrations. Are you comfortable with your personal data potentially being in the hands of mainland China and the Chinese government? If no, you might want to consider your presence on TikTok. If yes, I don't know what to say. And, now. and, and I piggyback on the verb. And I think this is what's messed up today. You could tell all these all these kids, all these you know middle aged people that are on there, the truth and what's happening. They're addicted. They're not. They don't give a shit. You could tell. And they're them making to a their shit face. ton of money, Vinny. Not to interrupt you. They're making a shit ton of money. Yep, one hundred percent. You could tell them to their face. This is all going to China. That you know. It's oh you God knows what the hell they're doing with it. You know what they would say? Okay, fine, whatever. I got mm-hmm. I gotta leave. I have to go make another video. Same thing with that. Remember that old face swap app? Yeah. Where like, Look how old everybody and their mother was doing it. It was mm-hmm. during the pandemic. That's a Russian based company that the facial what? recognition. Facial software. recognition. They got all your goddamn yeah. faces. Face bro. And that, that comes back to my point. I was I was actually talking about this to Rob earlier. Bro, China is they're they're just gangster, bro. They can do whatever they want. They own us. They can get away with everything. Bro, still to this day, like we still haven't held them accountable for COVID. Isn't that crazy? That's how gangster uh China is. What are yeah. they gonna do with it though, the data? You think I have about no idea. it. Like think about an influencer, you know, a twenty something influencer now making half a million dollars a year off of TikTok videos because they do. You yeah. can make a shit ton of money. Of and it's not hard to make money on TikTok yeah. because of the way the algorithm works. Mm-hmm. If you post a lot, you can make a lot of cash, which is why I was like, hmm, should I consider that? Mm-hmm. It's good show promotion. But what is the Chinese government? That's the other thing. Because I think people sit back and they read a story like this and they say, well, what are they going to do with my stuff? I'm just an influencer. I'm promoting products. I'm 20-something years old. They're not going to harm me. What? What? So what? That's the question for me mm-hmm. too, though. Well, you know how they is say, it, like, um, what, what are they going to do? Your picture, your images, your personal your information. Voice, How's that going to be used? Your voice. What? What is that data breach? What is the potential? Where? Where can that land? That can be scary for your average 25-year-old who sees themselves as disconnected from this story. I don't know. Yeah. Well, they say you know uh, regarding social media, if you're not paying anything for it and you're not buying a product, you are the product. Hundred percent. Okay. So with TikTok. I believe this is China's sort of TikTok Trojan horse into America. And Trump has been talking about taking away TikToks for two years now, right? Yeah. But for young people, two things. They've grown up with scroll, 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 except they don't, they're not reading the disclaimer, what's happening with the data. 
So what they're doing three things to take away from young people. They're taking away their minds, right? Needlessly just scrolling, seeing stuff that's not helping their lives. Number two, they're taking their time. And like you said, number three, they're taking their data. What they're going to do with their data, whatever the hell they want to do with the data. Why do you think Tesla is almost at a trillion dollar market cap or when it was? It's not because they're selling the most cars ever. It's because they're collecting data. They're collecting data. Tesla, I think Elon Musk is famous. He said, we're not a car company. We're a data company. Yeah, I I remember that. So let me say a couple things here. So I, I, I eventually ended up on TikTok. Okay, And if you follow my TikTok content, it's what TikTok doesn't want for it to be on, okay? So that's my approach with TikTok. Mm-hmm. And the audience is young, so if I'm in the job of persuading you to consider other options and philosophies in life, I wanna talk to people that are disagreeing with me. I don't wanna talk to people that agree with me. I talk to people that agree with me, who am I converting? Nobody. I wanna challenge your way of thinking that if you disagree with me. I've been putting content on TikTok for about a year now, okay? And few of them go viral and got 5 million views. A few of them, like 10 of them got a million views. And they, they spread, by the way, much faster than Instagram. It's not yes. even the same league. Mm-hmm. Yes. Two videos. One of them got me taken off of TikTok for a day that I send an email to them and, and uh, support and they apologize. The video that got taken down is when we talked about Nancy Pelosi's husband uh, 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 Making the, the stock The trade? people that were saying, if you want to be able to predict the market, fa- invest in whatever husband. Nancy Pelosi's yeah. husband invested in. <laughs> I, got, I got taken off of TikTok for that. Surprise, I surprise. sent an email to them and a TikTok support on TikTok got back and said, oh, I'm sorry, it's a mistake of ours. You know what's the other one that's been taken, da- that's not been taken down, that they took down the video, but they didn't uh, uh, suspend the account. It was when we talked about AOC's biggest nightmare is who? AOC's biggest nightmare is who? Do you see? Do you remember when we say here? Look at this. Community guidelines mm-hmm. vi- violation, right? This video. What's the thumbnail? Just read the thumbnail. AOC's worst nightmare. AOC's worst nightmare. Do you remember yeah. who we said AOC's worst nightmare was? Who? Who did she go with on uh, Twitter? Oh, when she was going with Elon? Elon Musk. Yeah. That video is to say AOC's worst nightmare because and when, t- when Elon said, hey, I'm shy, don't do this. Yeah, Remember yeah, that yeah, whole yeah. thing? You have a crush on me. They have not. This video was uploaded May 27th. This video has not been taken uh, back and I disputed it. And they said, we've had your dispute. We're still considering it. Yeah. It's been over a month. So it's stuff like this that TikTok does, which tells you politically which way they're leaning. Why did you not take those videos? What's the big deal? I didn't say, we didn't talk about vaccine. It was not mask. It wasn't COVID related. It was nothing about that. AOC and Pelosi, both of those reasons the videos got. So now Brandon Carr, this guy Brandon Carr, who is Brandon Carr? So here's who Brandon Carr, check this out. The guy got nominated, he, he he ended up being chosen to be the Federal Communications uh, 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 Commission's in 2017, guess who assigned him that job? A guy named Trump. Donald Trump. He he was he was confirmed August of 2017. Do you know what's unique about this? When you get this job, guess how long your job is? How long is your term? Five years. Oh wow! Guess when his five years is coming up? Next month. So he may be getting fired. I would not be surprised if this guy gets fired within six weeks. Mm-hmm. If he gets fired within six weeks, this is his last chance to bring attention to TikTok being a concern, right. and we're going to see if they're gonna do anything about it. I don't think they will. If this guy does get fired, just assume it's to protect mm-hmm. TikTok. If the current administration, Biden, 
chooses to investigate this and go a little bit deeper, that means it is a topic that they're both on the same page with. And by the way, before speculating, let's see if Brandon gets fired six weeks from now. Mm -hmm. If he gets fired six weeks from now, we can speculate. As of right now, all I'm telling you is the guy's job expires in the end of July. Okay, yeah. so let's follow the story to see what happens to this Brandon Carr guy. And there's a and there's a reason that his term, I'm assuming, is five years. It's because you're not gonna get fired when the administration comes in. Switch you're gonna at least have right. a year to kind of transition, navigate the waters and transition. But are you not concerned? Because I remember you were debating. We've talked about the TikTok. You weren't on TikTok over a year ago. I don't know China Trump, but you must have said, all right. There's the pros and the cons, kind of like the, the, yeah. the angel and the devil. You must have said, all right, the pros, I'm going to you know, put out content. I'm going to convert you know, the, the convertible, speak to people different. But you must have some data concerns, no? I, of course I have some data concerns, but my concern is more of philosophy concern. So you know, people say, why would you bring uh, so many communists that you're interviewing? Do you not realize they're indoctrinating mm-hmm. young people who watch your content? No. I want to talk to those guys. So their arguments, you get to choose and say, well, that sh- definitely didn't make sense. Like, remember the guy that said, I'm going to give $70,000 salary to all my employees. Do you guys remember that one story? Yeah. What yeah. was the guy's Price. name? Was Dan Price, yeah. right? If you've never seen this interview, go watch it. I told him, I said, I can't believe you accepted the interview with me. Uh, because, uh, uh, But I'm, I'm impressed that you did. So I said, so how did you structure your company? He says, I don't believe. I say, he says, I also only make $70,000 a year. So really? Yeah, everybody on my company only takes $70,000 a year. I said, wow, it's very interesting. Uh, I applaud you. I said, what's your company do? Well, we do around $40 million in numbers per year. I said, okay, so if we take 20% on margins, 30% on margins, so it's about a $100 million company. He says, yes. He's got a screw. You have to watch this. <laughs> I said, yes. I said, so the same. I said, so how many employees do you have? He said, 100 employees. I said, so I'm assuming you've also given a percent of the company to all your 100 employees. Because that's when it means you're a total socialist, where you're being fair with everybody. Who owns the entire company? I do. Yeah. Well, I, th- I said, Dan, if, if you really are so concerned about your employees, when do you plan on giving each of them a percent? <laughs> yeah. If you've never seen this interview, I gotta go mm-hmm. see you have this. to see this interview. That's he great. says, I think you should go full. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so go one more step. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Don't just stop at 70. Right. Take a percent and give it to everybody. Well, you know, technically tax, I can't say, no, you can't do that. I've done that. I did that myself. I gave some shares to my guys, not 100% of them, but I also don't agree with you, the fact that everybody should make 70 grand. I think some people should make more money and some people should make less money and some people should get fired and some people should get promotions. So the point is, you go on TikTok where the young people are to say, huh, uh, that does kind of make sense, but I can't agree with it. That does kind of make sense, but, but I can't agree with it. That does kind of make sense. I gotta agree with that. Mm-hmm. Shit, I agree with too much stuff this guy's saying. Damn, this is not good. Yeah. <laughs> because my professor I loved, he would have hated this guy and what he's saying. <laughs> but I'm starting to like what they're saying. Yeah. What is going on to me? Mm-hmm. Am I like getting that's why I'm on TikTok. Mm-hmm. I got does you. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm of course. money on TikTok. Like what's my am I trying to go do a video on TikTok to be famous? No, that's not the strategy. The strategy is to get these guys to be mm-hmm. looking let's, at other let's options. Let's see when we post this on TikTok if it gets flagged <laughs> or community yeah, guidelines. Yeah. We're about to find We're out. We're about to learn a lot. Of, and I'll, I'll keep you updated, updated next because I'm sure uh, we are going to post that on TikTok. Okay, let's continue. Next story. Do you guys want to go to the trans uh, yeah, please. skateboarder? Let's go to that one right there. Or so, how, uh, even with trans, uh, yeah, which one do you our, want to go? Our, our friend. Uh, you want to go with Peterson. Jordan Peterson? I don't know. I mean, that's all kind of one of the let's same Let's go stories. to skateboarder first sure. because we have some skateboarder fans. So <laughs> trans skateboarder who won first prize against teen is a combat vet dad 
who was rejected from the Olympics. Okay, all right, so let's see what the story is. 29-year-old biological male who came in first place at a New York women's skateboarding competition is a father of three and a combat veteran who was previously rejected from the Olympics for having too much <laughs> testosterone. Is this, this, this is not a joke, though. Right? I thought I wrote this as a comedy. This is not a So Richie Trez, who also goes by Richie and Trez, won over Shiloh Katori, a 13-year-old girl who was ranked 133rd the uh, border global ranks, which are based on performance and skateboarding competitions. Tress, by comparison, sits at 838 in ranking. Tress took the top title in the women's division at of the border open, taking on $500. I have three kids. I'm married. I did my time in the military. I own a company. I've decided I like to be pretty and cute. <laughs> Tress said in an interview about skateboarding last year, so everything that goes with that is female. I love female bodies. I think it's a work of art. It, are you positive this is a true story? It's 100% a true story. I, I thought this that is were, on Fox News. I thought he was trying to Can like, you? troll us, but this is re- no, that's real. That is yeah, real. That's real. Listen, I sometimes you just want to be pretty and cute. Jed, you understand? Like, and I want to beat the shit out of 13-year-old girls that their dreams are just crushed. See, this is where this conversation has gone now. Now you have a 29-year-old biological male who is beating a 13-year-old girl mm-hmm. in women's sports, and we're all supposed to sit, swallow it, and say, oh, this is the new norm. This is this is destructive. This has been a, a stain on women's sports. You now have a lot of female athletes coming out and saying, you know, they're afraid to talk. They're afraid that they're going to be stigmatized. Because they're it. afraid they're going to be stigmatized. They're afraid the second they open they, their mouth, the media is going to come in. You know, you're going to have some article in Cosmo magazine about them and calling them a bigot and you're anti-trans. When in fact, these are girls who've worked their entire lives. They have struggled their entire lives. They've made sacrifices. They've decided not to party, not to hang out with their friends because they have a commitment to sports. They finally get to the top and now they have to compete with a grown man. And no one's allowed to say that it's a grown man. So you have some sports that are coming out now. What was the sport, Tyler? We, t- we talked about it the other day that came out. I don't know if you remember and said, this isn't going to fly. It was a swimming. swimming, right. Yeah. Okay, so swimming came out, which is you know antithetical to what's going on in mm-hmm. soccer. Finna. But... Right, yeah. but and pull up that picture with the guy with the sw- with the, the lady with the swimmer. Ridic- right, so, like, and he's also like six foot six exactly. against, against five foot and two this women. And this is this is this went from Leah conversation. Thomas, exactly. I talk about this on my show a lot because this went from a conversation about acceptance mm-hmm. of like live the life you want, do what you want to do. You're an adult. You're not hurting anyone else. You're not asking anyone else to pay for whatever you're doing. Great, we can support. Do what you want to do. To now. In, if you don't endorse this absolute psychosis that's going on, look at the images yes, here. Look at yeah. this. Look at that. He's huge. It's no, ridiculous. No, no. She's huge. She's uh, huge. It's not a Vinny. she. It's a. It's a grown man. He has still has his testicles and his. He has his male parts. Well, that's come on, man. That's but you guys, cheating. But you just remember, look at the framework. The yeah, difference. Yeah, look, these these right. women are clearly five two. This guy's six five. Yeah, he's a swimmer body. And, and you're supposed to say there's no advantage. You know, they bullshit. came out yeah, a lot of the a lot of the swimmers, I the trans swimmers came out and said, oh, we don't have an advantage. You don't have an advantage. Of course, come on. We all have eyes and ears. Yeah. We weren't born yesterday. So what happens to all the girls, the actual women here? Is yeah. is women's sports going to cease to exist now? Think about it. Will it just be men's sports and trans mm-hmm. sports? Yeah. What's going to happen here? I'm ser- it's a serious question. I, for women I, I honestly there. think, and I, we talked about this earlier before I walked into it, there should be a league, just a trans league where... Call it like tits, dicks. I don't know. Just put every listen, whatever you're confused, whatever you guys play over here. Leave these little like, dude, this 13 year old girl, you realize she's gonna be like her father's gonna have to sit her down and go, Listen, honey, you lost to a man. Grow a pair, 
literally. <laughs> like you're gonna have to get some testosterone in you, and because like it's dude, it's cheating. I don't care what you say, and you made a good point. Nothing against that community. Good, I feel. Go do your thing. But when it comes to sports, you're messing up people's lives. That little girls, that was her, that's her money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't get to deprive. You get to do what you want with your own life, but you don't get to deprive somebody else of something yeah. based on a new set of rules that you've now demanded that we all endorse. Well, so. that's not how it works. Let me tell you why this skateboarding thing is, and probably won't get as much uh, tabloid time as this for whatever reason. The the these people are at least the same age. Whether they're yeah. they got you know whatever. whatever private parts they got going on, they're all in college. Okay, you're 18 to 22. I mm-hmm. get it. You're talking about a 29-year-old person versus a 13-year-old girl. Yep. Yeah, you're talking about that is grown, problematic. In other language, a grown-ass man yes. and a young girl. Yes. That's exactly correct. right. So Pat, you got I mean, but you guys have kids. What do you tell your 13-year-old? I'm I'm being dead serious because I was trying to be funny. What do you tell your 13-year-old daughter who just beat a, a big ass field of people her age? Yep. A 30-year-old dude. A 30-year-old veteran that wants to just be cute and pretty <laughs> and fucking skate. Her what words. You, Pat, honestly, what, what do you two, it's when very, your kid gets... very What simple. do you tell that kid? It's very, very simple for me. Um, one, I go speak to whoever organized it. Okay. And I try to use my voice to create change. That's number one. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go recruit other people to also say, do you feel the same way? We need to have a meeting. This is not acceptable. If these parents are not happy about it, I'm not alone. We got more than 50, 60%. I think you have to listen to what we have to say. Beautiful. Then if they say no, then I have to look at other places where they can compete fairly and I will go look at it. I'm not a helpless person. I will find solutions and I'll go to a different place. That's okay. When, when, so now, imagine now when you're putting your kids in a competition, you have to ask the question, just out of curiosity, <laughs> such and such area, when they compete, they accept transgender competitors, and they don't just go based on what the biological situation is. What's your protocols? Oh, no, we don't accept that. Okay, that's great to know. Then I would like my kids to fairly compete here, and if they lose, they lose. If they win, they win. No problem. And then if at that point you're not happy because nobody around you has the set of values and principles that you do, then you have to make a real serious decision with your husband and your wife and say, we have to move to a different place that matches our values and principles. It's that simple for me. Yeah. It's not that complicated. What would you tell the kid? What would you tell your kid though? I'm gonna have a conversation with the kid before. and say, listen, I'm it just Oh, we already have those conversations because mm-hmm. that conversation is being had right now as we speak. Wow. And uh, uh, I'm straight up. I explained Good. to them how science works. I explained to them how the values of parents and mothers and fathers play, environment, values, principles, confusion. It's very easy to get confused. And, uh, you know, that's the conversation. It's a form of a bullion. And in our family, we don't support bullion. Oh, good. So we I don't support it. bullion. We stand up. So good. But mm-hmm. I think I, I think the, the approach is more from the standpoint of, you know, when people were like, I'm not again. Rovi, I can't believe what you're doing. Dude, if you're so much for it, try to make change in the state you're in. If you can't, move to another state. I agree. Mm-hmm. What are you upset about? I didn't like California's policies when it came down to supporting small business owners. I tried to see if I can do anything about it. I made change. I moved to Texas and I moved to another state. Mm-hmm. Do we have somebody on here with us? Is she ready or no? If you want to. Okay, fantastic. Let's get right into it. So next story that we have is a story of, uh, uh, let me first introduce to you who we have here with us, Seppi Shine. Am I saying it correctly, Seppi? I can't hear you guys. Can we make sure we can hear Seppi before? Because I think Seppi unmuted herself. Maybe it's on our end. Eric, gang, can we? T- 
Seppi, I'm assuming you're unmuted on the Zoom on your end, right? Okay, so what you need to do, she's speaking. I'm sure she's unmuted. If you go on your go on your Zoom thing that you have, go to the All audio right. on the to the right of mute. Yep, try it now. Uh, Eric, if you can come, uh, can you hear me now? Yeah, we have it unmuted over here. Tyler, All right, try you it have now. Have it unmuted on your end. Try it now. Can you, Seppi? Can you say a few words just to kind of hear? No, I can't hear. I'd love to hear her because of the story going on in West Hollywood. So it could be one of those things. We are unmuted. Everything should be good. Eric, can you come in? Can you hear me now? Yes. Oh, yeah. We can hear you now. Yes. Fantastic. Okay. Yeah. There we okay. go. So, Seppi, uh, I'll have I have the uh, intro here for you. Mayor Pro Temp of West Hollywood. Uh, West Hollywood Council member behind the uh, 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 defund the police movement that you have, I believe. Uh, a story came out, which I think Rob reached out to you, uh, and I'll read the story to you, and then I'll, I'll let you comment on it, and uh, we'll have some banter here. Uh, upscale West Hollywood votes to defund sheriff department, even as crimes source to 137%, while savings will be used to fund 30 unarmed security ambassadors and a... Russian Arts Festival. Now, keep in mind, this is an article I'm reading. So forgive me if you don't agree with the article. Let me just finish the article here. Uh, pa, 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 pa. Here we go. West Hollywood City Council has voted to defund their sheriff's department despite crime rocketing 137%. The proposal passed by a narrow 3-2 to two vote will see the current force of around 60 sheriff deputies reduced by 4. Funds saved by reducing the uh, headcount uh, will be used to pay for unarmed security ambassadors under a scheme called Block by Block. Despite slashing the police policing budget, the council agreed to stump up funds for Russian Arts Festival, increasing their contribution from 14000 to 50000 And then uh, Lauren uh, Mester, I believe, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, Democratic mayor of West Hollywood and a member of the council who voted against the plan, called it illogical, noting that the Los Angeles enclave is afflicted by rising tide of violence. So having said that, Seppi, if I'm not mistaken, you were the leader in... Uh, 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 causing this change, yes, if I'm not mistaken? Um, so here's the thing. Um, I made the motion, and there's a lot of misinformation out there about what we did. What we actually did Monday night was go through and approve our entire budget. Um, what we did with regard to our community safety department, which has nothing to do with the Russian Arts Festival, um, that's a completely different budget line item. Uh, we actually increased our public safety department budget as a whole. We reallocated funding within the department and increased public safety funds. This whole um, wording about, oh, they're defunding the police, this is actually not what the defund the police movement was um, supposed to be. Defunding the police movement was about uh, slashing officers and putting that money into social services. What we did do is on a different budget item, increase social services by a million dollars, but it had nothing to do with this. We have a proven program called Block by Block Security Ambassadors, which by the way, the mayor herself brought forward two items to increase their presence on our east side, which was having a lot of crime in commercial corridors earlier this year. And that proved really successful. And then throughout the commercial corridors in this same budget, we increased six kiosks for our businesses and 36 full-time block-by-block ambassadors. So it's really disappointing that she 
supports this program for businesses, but when it comes to residents who want foot patrols, she thinks it's it's not successful. And that's just the rhetoric she's using to get reelected, frankly. Se- um, Seppi, fact, excuse me. Yeah, I, the fact is... Yeah. Seppi, excuse me. Jedediah here. I, I just had a question for you. Um, you know, because the, sure. the original defund the police movement the motivation was actually to reallocate money, but it was to remove money from police and move it into other aspects. Oftentimes, people suggested social workers, other options that were not. So what I'm trying to get to the bottom of here, I don't know what a block-by-block ambassador is here, but ultimately, you have a problem in this area of California with crime. I think we can all acknowledge that. So is there going to be money, A, that leaves the sheriff's department that is going to cause less police officers to be available to be on the street? And if so, what is the alternative to that? Are you going to advocate for Second Amendment rights for citizens? What is the alternative? Because safety has to come from somewhere. And if you can't call the police... What do you do? Sure. So here's the thing. Our residents have wanted us to have foot patrols in neighborhoods. Um, and the deputies in the sheriff's department, their pay has increased substantially over the past 10 years, almost doubled. Is the foot, not, not to interrupt, are the foot patrols armed? Are those people going to be armed as police officers would be? No, they are not armed. There okay, are block so, by just, block so what happens there are block if by block, there are block by block security ambassadors that have proved successful to deter crime? Are and they armed? Are the security them. ambassadors armed? No, they no, are no not one is armed. armed. Okay, so I have a question for you though, because the criminals are armed. Criminals are most of the time armed with something. So if a criminal has a gun, we know criminals don't obey laws. They get a gun. They get a hold of a gun. They cease. They 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 set out to cause crime to rob assault, whatever it may be, and they're not confronted with someone who is armed, what is that person going to do? Get shot? What, what happens there? Is that, is that a, are you, how are you envisioning that conversation? Because to me, it seems that someone who's trained, someone who has passed their background checks, someone who is a, a, a citizen who is armed, or someone who is a police officer would be the best person for that criminal to meet on the street, not someone who's going to try to talk them out of committing a crime. I'm, cu- I'm genuinely well, curious thing. of your thoughts. Yeah, sure. Here's the thing. We have trained our block by block ambassadors and crime doesn't just happen in an isolated place in the city of West Hollywood. It happens all over. And we have proven that these block by block ambassadors actually deter, deter criminals. We literally have proof of that. Um, and right now they have not been um under harm doing their job. They've been doing a fantastic job. But the crime rate in Cal, look at the crime rate in the area, right? So So how are they, if if they're doing a great job, why does the crime rate look the way that it does? The 137%, by the way, is also factually untrue. That was a point in time. And literally, um, the problem with percentages is you're looking at something, if, if, the, if there was one robbery and then it became two over six months, that's a 100% increase. The fact is, if you, we looked at all the numbers and all the stats of crimes, and the 2019 numbers were actually higher than 2021. Of course, 2020 was low because crime fell because people mostly were locked into their homes. Um, so these these percentages um, really create more fear and they're, they're actually not based on what the truth is. And so the block by block security ambassador is works in our commercial corridors and it's gonna work in our residential. And 
we're doing this in a very pragmatic, slow way. We're going to be decreasing two deputies in 90 days. And we actually added one extra deputy. So the net total in 90 days will actually be one. We've had issues in our nightlife district at night. So we're adding one entertainment policing deputy. And then nine months from now, we're going to reevaluate the program. Sepi, can, can I ask you a question? Yeah, uh, with respect. What, sure. With, with, what yeah. the crime, let me finish. Yeah. We're going to see what the crime stats are in nine months. And in nine months, if the program is successful, we may reduce three more deputies. And this is 60 deputies versus then 56 in mm -hmm. total, potentially. Seppi, can I, I, a legitimate question, because I come from New York City, which yeah. struggles with crime uh, as of late. It's one of the sure. reasons I moved was because I have a two and a half year old and I couldn't justify living in a city where the truly the police force didn't feel supported. And also Second Amendment rights aren't exactly upheld for individuals in New York City. How do you feel, what do you say to someone like me? Uh, I'm a young woman, I'm pretty small in size and stature. I like the idea of a police force that feels supported and I like the idea of a strong Second Amendment because I know that if I'm met on a street corner by someone who wants to do harm to me or my child, I want someone, I want, I want the good guy with the gun, be it a police officer or myself, to be able to counter that person. What do you say to someone who hears this and hears you know, about ambassadors and social workers and just doesn't feel confident and comfortable living in a city where that is the alternative and the antithesis that's presented to a criminal walking around with a gun who seeks to do harm. What, what do you say to me? First of all, what I say to you is um, I understand your fear. I understand your fear. Um, and honestly, as a woman, um, I myself uh, have had fears walking streets. And what I will also say is looking at the actual crime stats, um, they're not as high as the media is making them seen and spinning them. But it's not just and a media game set because I've been, in, I've been in WeHo and I've been in New York City. It's real, it's tangible, it's on the ground. So I, I mean, do you yes. support the Second Amendment? Are you a Second Amendment advocate if someone wanted to go and follow the proper protocol and they said, this is my city. They're decreasing the police force. This is my opportunity to step in and defend myself and my family. Would you support that? Uh, defend yourself and your family in what way? Yeah. Say I wanted to get a gun. Say I wanted to follow protocol and I said there's less police on the streets. I don't trust that. I don't want to pick up my phone and know that resources have been cut and maybe there's a five minute delay on when that police officer arrives because there's less of them. This is a decision being made, say, in California. So I want to go and I want to get a gun to protect myself and my family, follow proper protocol, pass the, you know, the checks. Do you support that? Listen, um, we now live in a different America with people being able to uh, now carry concealed weapons. We don't, California has not analyzed what our laws are with respect to no, that. No, but I'm asking you. Um, I'm asking you I, if you what support What I support it. is if someone, if someone um, under the law needs to defend themselves, then they can defend themselves. And what I would say to you just to finish up on that is um, we have tested this program. Our residents have wanted foot patrols in our residential streets, and we are giving them 30 boots on the ground, and we're doing it in a pragmatic way, which brings public safety, but also slowly phases out literally actually the total of one deputy in 90 days. That is something that will give more public safety to people, and we're going to monitor the program 
and see what happens in nine months. Those people, be- those people better be prepared, in my opinion, to do some combat. I mean, if you're telling me those people go and train to be, I mean, you're talking about boots on the ground. They better, I mean, are they kickboxing experts? Because people so, who so intend listen, to harm, they're already they're on the ground. They're already on the ground. They're already on the ground. So we know That's what, what I'm saying. Done. Look if at the crime. Yeah, they're already, they're already the all over the city in the commercial areas, which actually have a higher amount of crime than everywhere else. So they've already been tested and um, they've been successful. I've actually said this, Vince Nolshan here. I actually witnessed this firsthand. I was uh, I was working, you know, doing stand-up, auditioning, doing all my stuff, working security in North Hollywood on Magnolia and Lancashire, which is all little restaurants and, and you know, you know, little diners. And, you know, it's really, it's popping coffee shops and all that stuff. And there was always, I want to say three or four, because I was working security, the safety ambassadors that you were speaking of that, you know, they wear the yellow shirts and no gun and they and they patrol. I did. I personally didn't see any less crime. I mean, the fighting and everything was still happening. The only thing that they were responding to from where I was at was the homeless situation. Like when homeless people were starting to, you know, fight or argue or, you know, they were doing drugs. They were called and there was instances where we needed the cops called. That's all that they were doing was calling the cops for us, which we could have done ourselves. There was a guy that had a knife, and I was like, oh, my God, the safety ambassador does not get involved. They just called 911, and I was like, I could have done exactly what you just did. So I, I'd be interested to see if the, the numbers do change because at the end of the day, the cop was called, and if we're getting less cops and they're, they're not getting motivated to come help, I don't I don't see how that would help the, the crime rate. Yeah, numbers. I mean, so I'm, we're, we're- I'm yeah, genuinely we're curious. I, with the, we're, we're in a partnership with the sheriff's department. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not getting rid of them. We're actually also, by the way, looking at a feasibility study to create our own municipal police department, too. Why, why is the, what is the motivation? If you don't mind me asking, what is the motivation to cut? You, you, you know, you emphasized, oh, it's only one officer. What is the motivation behind the cut overall? Why do you want to make that cut? Sure, fiscal responsibility, because we had to pass a budget and one sheriff's deputy equals 4.6 block by block ambassadors. There- so it is it is balancing a budget and reallocating the funding to another department that's an alternative. It is something new and I understand the fear people have when people try new things. And this is a new alternative that is actually not new in our city. And by the way, um, regarding North Hollywood, I don't know about North Hollywood. We're city of West Hollywood and our block by block program has worked. Yeah, so, I mean, I, um, I agree with you on fiscal responsibility. You and I can agree on that point. I'm a fiscal responsibility girl. I'm somebody who, who look, you know, you should line item, but look at that budget, see what cut what you can. But I'm just going to say to you that it's not realistic, in my opinion, to if you're going to go for fiscal responsibility, the last area you should be looking at in a place that does have exponentially high crime is cutting the police force. It seems to me that there must be some political motivation involved here. There was political motivation involved in the defund the police movement at large. And I'm just I'm just going to put a warning out there that if you throw out I don't care if it's a social worker, I don't care who it is, if they're unarmed and they're just going to seek to keep the peace, it's an admirable goal, it's an admirable gesture. But if they are faced with people who intend to do harm, who are armed, that's going to be a problem and there are going to be families, moms, dads that are going to take one look around at that and they're going to say I need to take this job onto myself if there's not going to be an active police officer to do what they can and should be doing in this space. So, I would not be surprised if you see 
people going and get registering for their gun licenses and seeing news stories like this in in places like, uh, you know, WeHo or wherever it may be in New York City. I've seen it happen in New York City already. And you see, you know, citizens feeling like they need to now do the job that police officers should be doing because they're concerned that a defund the police movement isn't prioritizing safety. Can I That's throw, just my opinion. Can I throw we are limited idea? to time. Yeah, you got one minute. If you I do just want to throw out an idea. Yeah. Hopefully, Seppi's open to it. Our friend Vince right here, he just moved here from L.A., California. The next time you're there, yes. are you willing to go along with the yellow shirt 100%. crew, the 30 of them, and blue just shirt. see what's blue going shirt. on? Let's one, get some tangible blue case blue examples. One are, you, are you able but, to do that, Seppi? Seppi, I'm down let, to... Let her answer okay. that. Are you, is he able to do that? I am happy to connect you with our block-by-block block manager. There it is. Vinny, you're hired. Wait, and is there any way we can go find a good Z place anywhere? And the, what? Go to Miss Sabzi. Or Miss Sabzi. Listen, I wish there was a Persian restaurant there in isn't. our city. The only one is Rafa. Please come to yeah. the city. There's Rafa, one right Rafa's outside. There's, oh, and wow. there's plenty all around. We'd have, 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 well, we'd have to go to Rafa. We'd have to go to Rafa. Seppi, appreciate you for Thank coming you, out and taking the questions. Uh, we respect that a lot. And we look forward to following up with you. Folks of West Hollywood are watching this. If it works, my suggestion is tell the world about it on Twitter. And if it doesn't work, I also suggest tell the world about it on Twitter and YouTube so we can all see if this is something other cities should consider as well. Seppi, have a great day. Thank, Thank you, you again for coming on. Thank you, Seppi. Thanks, everyone. Fantastic. Okay. Uh, all right. By the way, for me, again, the fact that she said yes to be on mm -hmm. last second, good for her. Come and give your argument. You're faced off with mm -hmm. a uh, <laughs> respectful Jedediah who will push, but you'll respect, and then yeah. the audience can make a decision for themselves. That, to me, is what a great mm -hmm. exchange is, and you Beautiful. decide. And, and Jedediah uh, admitted on camera that she is a fiscal conservative. So. I am a fiscal, okay, and I appreciate it that. Just, I appreciate not, that. Just not but, in your own way, household. For, from your end, from your end, from your end. <laughs> yes, sir. Do you think that'll work? I, there's so much minutiae right there. I like I like the fact that she said in nine months we're going to revisit this. She did not seem crazy, lunatic, fringe. I don't as a person. I don't know about her policies. She seemed actually pretty reasonable. I don't get involved in West Hollywood politics. That's not my thing. No. But let's see what happens. You're absolutely right. If it works, tell the world about it. But if it doesn't work, you also deserve the right to tell the world about it. And then we'll see what happened there. Okay. <laughs> yep. All right. Sounds good. Gang, today we had a good time. A couple things I don't want to tell you guys. Uh, let me give a couple shout out to uh, some folks here today uh, who were on the podcast. Uh, one, uh, Scott Rodriguez. We already did. Two, we had Gil Mann, uh, Mammon, who said, I'm a Long Island Jew. I work in the city. Anyone who has the means and isn't tied down is moving to Florida. Bloomberg <laughs> once said, Bloomberg once said, living in New York is a luxury. What a statement to make. Living mm. in New York is a luxury. You have to be able to afford it. Uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Barefoot Blue Jean, what a name, gave 20 bucks and said, please get Pierre Polivier, the next uh, leader of the Conservative Party and the next PM of Canada on the show. We've invited him, but if you have contacts, mm. let him know. We'd love to have him on. Victor, thank you. Uh, Dr. Saint gave $100 and said, also watch Too Big to Fail. Great show. Pat, tell me you went to airborne school. If not, I guess we can't be perfect. <laughs> LOL. Thank you for your service, brother. Thank you for yours as well. I went aerosol, not airborne. Jonathan Fuentes gave 10 bucks and I said, I'm 30 years old, married with a one-year-old. We make 150 a year in California Bay Area with the recession starting tomorrow. What 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 must we do right? Make more money <laughs> is what you got it. Then we had a bunch of guys that became insiders. Uh, Alex, I will see you at SLS. Uh, uh, Dr. Saint, uh, congratulations. Uh, 24. Bitcoin. Oh, you guys talking about Bitcoin. We didn't even get into Bitcoin. Maybe we'll go la next time. And a bunch of folks became members today. Let me give a quick shout out to the new members we got here. Matthew, Chris's, 
Crypto Trends 101, Scott Rodriguez, upgraded to Insider, Alan Hopkins, Leo Cannell, Andre Pascu, John Butler, Kevin Nordcutt, ANA, Eddie Gomez, Michael Peterson, and M1. Welcome to the uh, 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 the membership on the podcast. Uh, also, a quick shout out to uh, the couple that is uh, uh, just got proposed. They're about to get married. I believe his name is Matt, but I do know his fiance's name is Rachel Finelli. Shout out to you guys. Enjoy the photo shoot and wishing you guys nothing but the very best. Folks, happy 4th of July. Don't miss Jedediah's podcast. Don't miss Valuetainment comedy. comedy. Subscribe to Valuetainment comedy. comedy. We have a bunch of stuff coming out, guys. Please the do it. The video yesterday with the Italian news. If you haven't seen <laughs> it, I got so many text messages. And obviously, Adam's got some podcast. I got a uh, special one today that's coming out. Sauce cast today. It's a big okay. one today at 4 o'clock. Money. Have a great weekend, everyone. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye. Bye.